Blog Talk Radio. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Saturday Morning Serial. I am Grim Shea. Joining me today, I look out, I see Marky. Say hi, Marky. I am here. Hello. And, oh, joining us in a very, very special appearance, our old friend, our cohort from our sister site, uh, OpenYourToys.com, Mr. Slick McFavorite. Hey, Slick. Welcome. Hola. Buenos noches. <laughs> For the Mountain West. <laughs> Uh, we, it, it's, it's, it's not just fitting that we have Slick today, but it's, uh, kind of necessary. Mandatory. Yes, yeah. because today, as you join us, all three of us, we are celebrating the Open Your Toys edition of Saturday Morning Serial. That's right. And we're talking all about toys, and we're talking to real toy experts, not the least of which, again, Mr. Slick McFavorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark E's no slouch himself. No. Nope. Uh, we also talked to uh, Susan Fairchild from Sideshow Toys. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked to Pierre Calazaga from Mezco Toys. That's right. And uh, we also say hi to Craig Dobris, or maybe Dobri. I wonder if that's a fancy name. I hope I'm saying okay. that wrong. We we just chatted on first name basis. And but Craig Dobri from Sprukips. Well, he's Bandai. Ah, with Bandai. Yes. We talked about the new Bandai product, new to the States anyway, Spruik. Exactly. And it's funny because we just mentioned this before we went on the air, and uh, as soon as we said Spruikits, Slick McFavorite instantly knew what we were talking about. T- tell me why. <laughs> Don't, because I learned something new that even after talking to this guy, I didn't know. What the hell is a sprue? So a sprue is essentially a plastic tree that connects all the plastic parts in a mold. So you make a mold of all your plastic parts, and in a factory, for anything that gets assembled, they're all trimmed off. But a big thing, especially in Japanese toys and models, are these. And theirs is sounds like they're kind of the Kleenex of this, calling them sprue kits, but essentially it is a kit of sprues where you snip off all the pieces yourself and build the figure uh, without any glue. They're usually always snap-on kits. You nailed it. That's exactly what they are. Holy shit. We we talked to the guy who sells these in the entire Western Hemisphere. We put a couple together, and still I say one word, and Slick McFavorite's Toy schools me. <laughs> he does toy school you, and me too. I had no idea. And why did you know? Why did Craig say this? Because that's really like that's like some Discovery Channel shit. Yeah, you know. 
It's like, wow. Yeah, and I mean, they've been around since the dawn of time. I mean, Transformer missiles came on sprues. That's a big thing when you're when uh-huh. you're, I remember when you're buying an original Transformers. Optimus say, Prime's gun might have actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know missiles mm. never. Yeah, and like the detachable fist. So. Yeah, the fist. Well, yeah. they, like, if you ever put together a model as a kid, they're coming on sprues. They, they would yeah. come on the sprues where you you know it's the outline, the little bars that hold them all together, little tabs. You snap them off. You know, this is one of those words that you're just like, oh, thank God it exists. It, yeah. I mean, now I'm gonna use it all the time now. I'm going to be looking for more sprues. I can't wait to go to the Home Depot and say, where are your sprues? Yeah, they got a long history with toys. Once again, big toy special. We're talking about toys. And before we get going, I've been this has been ringing in my head since, like, back before Christmas. And I know you both noticed, this is a huge national advertising campaign from Honda, I believe. You know what I'm talking about, where they rolled out... Skeletor, Skeletor and Strawberry yeah. Shortcake and yeah. Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. What do you guys think of that? Was that was that because I'm kind of torn whether I think it's kind of an insulting demographic grab or mm-hmm. like no that was cool. I I think it was way cool. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I I think it was cool. It got it got a great reception in the collecting community as well. Yeah, I think um, it really kind of validates. Uh, my like our whole kind of reason for even being on the air right now is that like we finally we we are finally grown ups and yeah. we can buy cars and shit and yet a Skeletor. Well, well then, you know, then let me play devil's advocate uh-huh. and say that now there's there's children's toys then that are speaking directly to us and influencing our financial decisions and uh, maybe they're just pandering to that. There's a fine line between pandering and validating. I liked him though, honestly, yeah. and I was just playing devil's advocate there. Yeah, that's kind of devil's advocatey of you to say that. You know, make me out like some <laughs> chump. But I want it out there. I want. I, <laughs> sure. I want to sow the seeds of doubt. Yeah, I, you know, hey, I. That's fine. I mean, the whole purpose of advertising is to try to connect to its audience, and uh, you know, you throw. It's not just that they threw Skeletor on there; they respected the mythos by. You know, they kept the same articulation. You know, it's just like those really muscular arms on a skeleton mm. moving up or down, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. that same skeletal motion. Dude. Yeah, and it's that skeletal voice, you know. Ah, He-Man! Ah, yeah. you know. And I, yeah, I found myself doing that voice to myself. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, even as recently as a couple of days ago because of that. Uh, do, any, ah, uh, I'm driving into work now, He-Man! <laughs> any uh, insight as to whose voice that was? Was it, was it the same guy? I it's not the same guy, but there's a guy that did his voice for the 2000X series, so like 2002, 2003, uh-huh. and it may be him. Uh, we have no confirmation as to who it is at all. Uh, no, we do know who it is. I just don't know. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> Somebody knows. <laughs> we don't think it was the real Skeletor. Then. Somebody showed up to work that day to record that. <laughs> okay, Google right. knows for sure. <laughs> well, and the whole reason why we ask uh, Slick here is because as the proprietor of uh, Open Your Toys podcast, they celebrate the most popular toys of the 80s, which are G.I. Joe, Transformers, Star Wars, and... Masters of the Universe. Masters of the Universe. That's which right. Galator. And so we thought we'd ask you. I saw on the, and since we're talking all about toys, I saw on the uh, Mattel um, website a 
Castle Grayskull that was $300, and it's yep, the same sir. scale. Um, tell us a little about that. I mean, is it is it it it, ha it has to be more than the one that we had when we were kids. That's one of those dream items, though, yeah. even as a kid to now. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it, it is. Um, the He-Man we grew up with were what they consider five-inch scale, and this gray skull that they have now is for the Masters of the Universe classics, and those are collector online-only figures, super articulated, uh, but that are faithful homages to the vintage toys, but they're done in the more modern scale of six inch. Mm. So if you think about the scale, that Castle Grayskull was scaled up. It's bigger. To, yeah, yeah mm. to work with these six inch figures now. Oh, so odd. It's so pretty. And the, I'm not going to the, the shame on uh, Mattel toy shop because they only give you like two images, but um does it open up like the old one where you can kind of have like the little uh, play area on the inside, like where there's different rooms? It's kind of like a dollhouse, basically. I yeah. feel like there was a handle on top, too. There, there was something that, like, moved the trap door opened up and down, which was his mouth. Remember yeah. That? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it does. It's a faithful, it's a faithful homage to it. It opens up. Um, one of the interesting things you mentioned, the handle, is the handle on it. Uh, it comes without the handle, so you can display it like an actual castle, or you can snap on the handle and have it look more like the vintage one. Oh, sweet. See, this is the so, kind of yeah, stuff. I, I got that it, out. Yeah. And how, how much was that when it came out, too? Uh, I mean, I would say no more than 40 bucks, I would imagine. <sighs> That seemed like so. Well, I guess it was I have a, a lot more in that. front of me. I cannot. <laughs> well, as you're like uh, searching this for all the listeners out, out there, I had told this story in one of our previous podcasts. But uh, the reason why I even had a Castle Grey Skull and what was Skeletor's uh, castle called? Uh, Snake Mountain. Snake Mountain. Yeah, was because uh, our he was kind of a neighbor. He was a couple of blocks away, but uh, a friend of my little brother's, his family got all born again Christian, and so they made him. Uh, throw out all of the um, blasphemous toys, you know, all of the idols. And so... All the black magic. The black magic, yeah, specifically the, the black magic. And so, yeah, I had a Castle Grayskull on that because I'm like, you're not going to throw that away. <laughs> you got to give that over here. And so, you know, all the evil spirits came to my house. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. It was a beautiful thing. We did end up giving that thing to Goodwill. I remember being old enough and we just gave it to Goodwill. All, all uh, that stuff. Just, just put the black magic back out in the world. Yeah, huh? just let's just you know, let it flourish. Okay, oh. original price twenty nine ninety nine. Oh my god! So uh, probably about fifty bucks a, today. A thousand percent increase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not percent. That's a little, uh, little ahead of inflation, I would say. Yeah. Well, in if if it's for so. Per this article, where I was able to finally find it, it would be sixty dollars today, yep. given inflation. I was close. I said I said about fifty. There you go. That's awesome. I mean, it's uh, and it's a beautiful piece. It's um, if you guys check it out, it's I think it's MaddieCollector.com, I believe, but uh, it's got the original castle. Well, it's got the remake, three hundred dollar version of Castle Grace Call. You know, three hundred bucks again, guys. It's not that 
It's a big, beautiful All right, all right look, let me be the, uh, you know, the, the voice, the, the devil's advocate, the guy from outside who's not a big collector. Mm-hmm. What Explain to me how that kind of markup is justifiable. Well, the so we're we're talking about that something like the vintage castle when they put it out, um, everything was kind of stickers and cardboard in it, all of like quote the playset uh, pieces. So like there would be there was a sticker on one of the walls of a robot. Well, with this one, you get a robot with it, uh-huh. um, you know, and and so this one, this is definitely a adult collector's toy with all the features that kind of go uh, along with see, it. I think that's the difference I was I was kind of looking mm-hmm. for. Yeah, something like that. That kind of change, obviously, well, is going to be better, this, but it's because it's an adult collectible right. toy. It's a separate world from. Directly, the toys we grew up with. Well, and it's also um, it's literally more material costs. Yeah, um, because plastics are oil. Yeah, you're producing a different product. At that it's point, it's, yeah. it's more material. It's also more expensive for the materials it takes. <coughs> Plus, you have all these designers and everything that have to kind of put it all together. And I mean, and also, it's a lot more limited. So you know, yeah. before the original Castle Grayskull probably was you know. 10 million units. I'm totally pulling that. I'm pulling that number out of the air. But that one could be 10 million. This one could be 1,000. Mm. Yeah, this you know? one. That's exactly right. Is this one was uh, was 10,000 pieces? Is what they estimate. Yeah, were mm. were made, and so yeah, definitely much more limited. And and again, uh, the size. I mean, this thing is literally. Literally, if you count all the extra pieces and stuff it comes with on the inside, probably three times the amount of plastic. Uh, you had mentioned oh. a um, still. I'm not. I, I wouldn't assume that would just automatically make it ninety bucks instead. But but moreover, the fact that they There's were willing art. to yeah. make a better version of it exactly and right. say we're gonna we're gonna put it out, we're gonna charge three hundred dollars. And they know that there's going to be a market for yeah, it. Exactly. That's because what I mean. And they, they're not wrong. And the, the most expensive thing of toy production now is paint apps on them because mm-hmm. paint apps, for the most part, are still done by hand. So anytime you're talking about physical labor, that's where the price of toys can really skyrocket. Mm-hmm. So an example is Transformers. Uh, in the United States, they're produced by Hasbro. Their sister co- company, Takara Tomy, produces them in Japan. In Japan, they're much more collector-focused. So the same plastic for the United States will have 10 paint apps, and the Japanese version will have 22. Yeah. So the price difference is almost, you know, double just because it has that much more paint apps to it. It makes all the sense in the world. It's it's about an art, man. And you know, people who are in the know about that and appreciate it and see that difference. So, yeah, I think that does qualify it as art collecting. It also shows in the product, though, too. It's not like... um, And it shows in the economy. I mean, it makes its own economy. Yeah, exactly. Um, Let's go back to the He-Man stuff a little bit for a second, because you and I... 
just got through watching uh, the Venture Brothers. Yeah, no, the new special coming out uh, this Monday. Yeah, on we had an advanced screening. The first, the first new original Venture Brothers stuff to come on our television in years, Yeah, yeah. first of all. Uh, and yeah, we just sat down and watched it. Slick, are you a Venture Brothers man? Oh, I love it. I love it. I, I grew up with Johnny Quest, so the first time I saw it, I was I was hooked. Well, we have the chance. Well, have you been it. watching along? Yes, yeah, I, I'm completely caught up. Um, I'm completely caught up, but I was not aware of that there was going to be a special out. I knew, I know that new seasons coming up shortly, but not. I didn't realize there was a special coming out so soon. Yeah, it's coming out this Monday. I just heard about it recently too. I don't know if maybe you know it's something that was going to be like a two part season opener and they said all right we you have to give us something so they threw this together and said now give us six more months i i don't know for a fact but i did bump into jock uh jackson and doc at uh comic-con oh, nice. and, and i got got a picture with them and i i giddily clumsily asked oh sure would be nice to see a new season and uh and i and 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 jackson public said yeah yeah i know what you mean but don't hold your breath so I think that was about six months ago. I'm sure it probably means another six months minimum. But they gave us, they are giving us this little teaser. This, this little, it's actually more than that, um, you know. And I, and the reason I asked if you, you know, I followed through since it was kind of like in you know, its Johnny Quest days, mm-hmm. is because it's so now moved on from there. Because Mark no, was a fan yeah. like during the first season because he he was really like. Uh, uh, Johnny Quest and got into it for that same reason, but then he kind of stopped watching for literally just a few seasons, though it does represent like a decade. But then we sat down and started watching this special tonight because he got us an advanced copy. That's right. Because because we're press, don't you know? <laughs> uh, and uh, and about five minutes in, he has me pause it and says, "Wait a minute, this isn't that Johnny Quest show, is it?" Oh yeah, because of the monarchs. Yeah, there's so many other characters and (laughs) storylines and themes now. It just didn't. I was I was like waiting for the guys on the on the ship, you know, with like the Raji character and the Johnny Quest character. You just didn't see that from the very beginning. But the whole reason why I even bring it up is because in that movie, well, in the uh, what's it called again? Special in in the All This and Gargantua Two, which is going to be airing January 19th at midnight on Adult Swim. Um, in it, um, one of the characters, it was the, it might have been the hot monarch chick with the man voice. Yes, uh, Mrs. Uh, no, it wasn't her. It was, uh, Brock's girlfriend. Oh, his new assassin partner. I forget her She's name. She's hot. No. Um, but she said that she was her favorite space princess. Mm. And since it really did take, take place in space, that makes it true. Uh-huh. Or something like that. And so it got me thinking about He-Man. And it got me thinking about that whole universe. And about how it's okay that in Castle Grayskull, for example, there's a robot in there. Yeah. You know, because it was in space. It did take place, like, in an intergalactic kind of sense. And it bounced through, you know, galaxies or universes. And I recall when Prince Adam or He-Man wasn't riding, you know, his, his, his tiger. Yeah. He was on, like, a like an airspeeder bike. Yeah, yeah, he had the little yeah, hovercraft was, thingy. Yeah, he was still wearing yeah. Prince Valiant rags, but... <laughs> I know, it was so weird. I, as a kid, I didn't question it. 
Well, it's and I think that's a, a, a big part of its draw is that it was a mixture of fantasy and science. Yeah. You know, so you had magicians and and magical items, but then you also had robots and weird, you know, tracked tank vehicles and that kind of stuff. It was uh, it was robots versus dragons. Exactly. Yeah. And that was yeah. like huge. It's um, like it, it's like a natural history class in the south. yeah humans and dinosaurs living together Uh, you know and this is this actually touches on to it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine Mm -hmm. but it's the difference and there is a difference between science fiction and fantasy there's a difference star wars is what now that would be science fantasy no it's just fantasy there's no science there. There's no science well, behind the But they had they they had battles in space. But that's, that's not always going to give me a little bit fantasy. of science. But it's science fantasy. No, see you're wrong. I, I was giving you two <laughs> parameters and you added a third. Wait a minute, because I'm 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 beating this Kobayashi Maru. You're wrong. Neither so look, win. Star Wars is fantasy. Star Trek is. Uh, documentary, mostly. A doc- documentary. Yeah. No, it's science fiction because it could be possible. You know, it's, it's we haven't gotten there yet. That's the difference. You know, and uh, He-Man is fantasy um, through and through with some of those kind of with a robot. So elements. it's science fantasy. I'm not going to go over that. I, I'm I'm with you. There is there there is a third. I just hate it when people mix them. So there is a third. Science fiction fantasy is kind of a if you're going to put it somewhere else, yeah, it's going to fall there. And they do a, they do a really good job. I was thinking about the movie. Um, we had a brief opportunity to get Dolph Lundgren on the show. It didn't work out, but we're working on it. Working on it. Why would and, you tease me like um, that? Then we wanted to talk about. Um, oh, the other the other person that was kind of in the in the works was. Uh, Frank Legalia, I oh, say his name. Frank Langella, Le- the yeah. guy who played Skeletor. Yeah, he's Skeletor. Yeah, but he's a big kind yeah. of actor, and so you know, we were kind of talking to his people too. Um, but you know, it kind of reminded me that I thought at the time when I was a kid, when I watched the He Man or Master of the Universe movie yeah. with Courtney Cox and Dolph Lundgren and Frank Legalia. <laughs> <laughs> I say his name? I'll write it down for you before you <laughs> call his agent again. Le- Le- Langella. Langella. Um, that I forgot that it was it was very science fictiony. Yeah, like they had them jumping through portals and you know things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was watching the cartoon, it feels like fantasy. You know, that's weird. It always does. Yeah, it always does. That's why I love cartoons. I love them too. Uh, that's a good one. All right. So anyway, anyway, um, all this and Gargantua two. Oh yeah, yeah. Here, let me let me tell you a little bit about. It. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I do think you should watch it. Uh, and I'm glad, Slick, that that you and perhaps a lot of our listeners are just learning about this. Yeah. Uh, it's going to come out this Monday, the 19th of January, midnight. So DVR it or find it online. But uh, but here's what I, here's what I can tell you. Space. The Final Frontier, where no one can hear you scream, revenge is only served cold, and the drinks are comped in the casino. Join the Ventures, and pretty much everyone else they've ever crossed paths with, as they rocket to Gargantua 2 Space Station for an epic, hour-long adventure that will change the Ventureverse as we know it. Uh, and and I, I can attest, having just seen it, 
It really does. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I can say, like, it. well, you're not going to see a lot of the Venture Brothers. It's one of those episodes where they they have, you know, eight of their dangling threads, and they kind of weave them together and, <laughs> yeah. and end them. Well, and I actually just got through watching it myself, and as you touched on earlier, I have not seen a Venture Brothers show in probably four or five years. It feels like yeah. that anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I was have, trying to, like, pause it every now and then to say, okay, the that's the Revenge yeah. Society. Phantom Limb started it, and you got some losers, yeah. but now Killinger's coming in, and Mark would be like, okay, let's go. Let's go. And exactly. I'd unpause it, and suddenly it would be OSI. And, uh, there is a lot there. Uh, you should all, um, those of you that are novice to uh, the Venture Brothers, get a... Uh, take a refresher. Go out and buy no, the DVD just from last take, season. Just take a, some money take a partner. It. You know, Take someone with you that's been there before, <laughs> like a mentor, and have them take you through this gargantuan episode <laughs> of the Venture Brothers. I really did enjoy it. A um, couple of my just real amateurish kind of... Uh, 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 observations was that my God, I loved, I loved the animation. It's fantastic. I forgot how how cool it was. Um, a lot of the voice actors are very recognizable and very oh. funny and, and just very right on. And uh, the story was great. It was James Bond and Star Wars and what else? Uh, oh, they made allusions all to mixing everything. Order. I'm gonna have to sit and watch it again yeah. several times to to catch them all. It's one of those kinds of shows. Uh, and it's it's actually fitting that we bring it up in this particular program because Venture Brothers, the reason why I liked it in the beginning was because it reminded me of Johnny Quest. Yeah. And Johnny Quest is one of those shows that is – that's one of my Saturday morning shows, even though it may have been after or before school. Anyway, it feels like a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. I think on our generation, it is starting to get recycled from its original. Like, yeah. So you might it was all or early We never saw a new episode of Johnny Quest. Right. These were done yeah. in the 60s. And – uh, it was a show that I used to watch with 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 my dad as well. Now, this is what he kind of grew up with. These are his Saturday morning cartoons with Johnny Quest, and I really liked it. Um, really, really, really liked that show. And it's one of those shows that I remember growing up with that I didn't have any toys of them because it was old. Yeah, you know, you didn't back in the '80s. You didn't see Fred Flintstone toys. You didn't see Johnny Quest toys. Land of the Lost Toys. Well, as we learned, I think, when we were talking to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle people, it's right. w- once you have a toy ready, then you launch a new cartoon. So Things change in our generation, but, you know, I was so used to that. I was used to having Transformers and watching yeah. Transformers and G.I. Joes and watching G.I. Joes and Star Wars. When and Johnny Quest came on, you couldn't play I couldn't the do plane. It. And, yeah. and so here we are right now doing a whole show dedicated to toys. Toys. Exactly. Yeah. All right. We so. showed you Johnny Quest. Uh, <laughs> all right. Before we leave uh, the Venture Brothers, I do since you, since you're a fan, uh, Slick. I want you. I'll, I will give you two guesses as to what what bombshells or twists or turns that might have occurred, and I will either say yes or no. <laughs> so these are who's alive, possible who's spoilers. Dead, who's yeah. aligned with who? There might be spoilers, but only. Well, if you ask if for Slick it. here is really good. <laughs> um, does one does one of the uh, and not just the brothers, but one of the Venture Clan die? No, <laughs> I, I can remember. say yeah, none not. of no one named Venture. 
Well, no, actually, I can't say that one way or another without <laughs> something say? else. <laughs> All right, so no. So I can so, I can tell you that uh, definitely the the two venture Hank and Dean don't die. Okay. See, sealed and delivered. Everybody else, I can't say. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, is the monarch and Doctor Mrs. the Monarch uh, still together? They are. They are. Yes. yes, I saw that. That was a, that was a very specific guess, so I will give you uh, a direct answer. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was very good. I uh, I did I did enjoy it a lot. I I, I recommend it highly, and I wanted to remind you he all. Really, really weirdly likes Doctor Mrs. The Monarch. I, I do. She's, she's oh, I think hot. she's hot. The yeah. whole Jackie O thing with, <laughs> in the early episodes. And well, I don't know about the early episodes, but she's really yeah. good looking. Well. Yeah. Well, uh, her. She's had great costumes over the years. Absolutely. I will say that about her. Um, and uh, we did want to also take a little bit of time since we're talking about the Venture Brothers to talk about the Venture Brothers. Yeah. Sheets. Okay. Now here's here's where it gets weird. Another collectible I, item. I love I love Adult Swim for this. So they and I think there there are action figures and stuff. They have sold mm-hmm. some 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 toy versions of the Venture Brothers. But what 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 I got what I was was sent to review for this toy show. I love to death because the, it's not exactly toys, and it's definitely not something you can just kind of keep in the box for display. But I got a set of Venture Brothers sheets. Wow! I've seen that, them. That is an interesting item to receive from right? a company like that. <laughs> and they're actually like really nice. Like they would, they're hotel quality sheets. Um, you know they. I forget the exact price off the top of my head. Well, I'm going to tell you all right now. If you guys all go to asseenonadultswim.com, you can get for your for your very selves uh, a one-time payment of fifty dollars. Your own version of Venture Brothers sheets, which kind of look like uh, for those of you that are a little nostalgic, it's like those Star Wars sheets used to look. It's like the ba- the powder blue sheet, and, you know, like every little. Section has some characters on it, and then it's got these really silly so, yeah, cases, little scenes on them, and it kind of looks like a United Airlines kind of logo. You know, the whole venture, the big yeah. E. Well, it's it's the it's venture, venture logo. Brother. It's the yeah. venture logo. It's the venture industry. And those are your pillowcases. So like yeah, the dark the, blue, and then they got the powder blue sheets, and I think fellow shams, maybe. shams. I, I guess is what you call it, but. The Venture Brothers done more research, uh, bedroom set includes, um, it fits a queen or a fool, which when we opened it, we didn't know. Yeah, it wasn't labeled. That's not on the label. It's not so on the label. Make sure you... And it's a 300 threat count. So those of you bringing home the ladies... And I checked. Yeah. It is. Lay them down onto the 300 count. Oh, we'll get to that in the review. And uh, it includes two pillowcases, one top sheet, one fitted sheet, and one plastic outer sleeve, which... When you look at it, it makes it look like it's from Bed Bath and Beyond. It's really funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, they really go all out, and these are limited edition. Um, they are running out fast. Um, I think there's only like I don't know, five hundred or a thousand of them at the most. And probably several have been slept in already. So yeah, you, act now, you can win ours right now. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to wash them, but if you know, <laughs> special <laughs> contest. <laughs> Let's give it a few more weeks. Just get your own fifty bucks. Come on. They're really nice. Okay, so, so yeah, go. I, I got I got sent them and uh, and I was uh, given the task of reviewing them. I've never reviewed sheets before, so I wanted to be pretty in depth. Um, okay. Well, yeah, we yeah. let the black light decide. 
Oh, listen, listen to that really bad comedy, like CSI. <laughs> oh. oh, my God, I hope it's urine. These sheets are a light blue. Very much, most adults would not have sheets this color, unless they had a very strong motif in their room. It's or something. the same Star Wars sheet that, blue. Yes, it's exactly what you yeah. would expect in a child's punk bed, shade right, of exactly, light blue. Exactly. With little scenes uh, on, uh, I think... Yeah, on both the undersheet and the top sheet. Right. And it fits a queen or a king. And it so fits a queen or a king a, or a bull or whatever else you said. Yeah. It's, you can stretch it out as much as you want. And it, 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 they did fit my adult size queen bed. Uh-huh. Uh Oh, and another little thing I noticed. All the, all the little scenes are not in the show. None uh, of them are like outtakes. even, not even like outtakes from scenes that they had in the show. They're just like... You know, a zombie woman bringing a dagger down on Brock's head while he punches a werewolf. It was never in an episode. But they came up with a few dozen of those to put on the sheets. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, that's nice. Original artwork. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's something to look at when you're getting Even thrilled. if it's just a bunch of doodles that uh, they did drunk or something. Still, it's every one. You make up a little Venture Brothers story in your head, which I, I did a couple of nights when I couldn't sleep. I was like, oh, I better... Uh-huh. When Dean found methamphetamines or something, I don't know. There was, <laughs> there's a lot going on without explanation. Uh, but uh, remember, it's on as as seen as on, seen on adultswim dot com dot com. They got one of them them websites. It's a dedicated website only for these yeah. sheets. All right, so bare bones. I say I'm not even going to wash them. I'm throwing them right on the bed. Let's see how it goes. I kind of wish I had washed them. Yeah. <laughs> Big deal, but it seemed a little itchy at first. 300 threads are By no the joke. time I fell asleep, I woke up again in the morning. They were fine. I basically had broken them in, apparently. Yeah. And they were very comfortable, and they were quite nice. Then I felt like like an animal. So after a few nights of that, I went ahead and washed them, put them on the bed to see if there'd be a difference. Mm, yeah, they weren't, they weren't itchy at all. But like I said, after that first night of, I don't know, whatever venture industries starch they spray on there <laughs> ship them out my body rubbed it off and uh it was fine anyway <laughs> so you got it there it felt just like sleep uh, well, like you don't <laughs> but it was just like sleeping in a very very nice hotel sheet mm-hmm. not satin not silk 300 thread but 300 thread cotton sheets which is no joke yeah. they're not tenement sheets that's right it was very nice uh, I waited. It, I've had them on there for close to three, three and a half weeks now. Not once have I got a girl to come over and react to them. <laughs> it's been well, in the works for the interview, the but sheets fall. three or four times and the plan <laughs> fell apart. I was just going to spring it on them, throw the uh, cover off, and have these. They are child sheets, just so everyone's aware. If you buy them, you well, have to be okay with people. In your saying, complete defense. Aren't, aren't, aren't those kid sheets? They say. <laughs> They look like it on purpose. Well, yes. In in your defense, the last thing you want to do when you finally bring a woman home for the first time, not the first time you brought a woman home, but that particular woman home. <laughs> Thank you for making that distinction. Um, I appreciate but that. You're, you're going to bring her home, and the last thing you want is when you pull off the you know the duvet. Yes, uh, is to have a conversation piece. <laughs> you know, so just, you really shouldn't have the Venture Brothers sheets for the first time you're with a particular lady. Now. For those of you that are married, have had the same girl for a while, you know, go ahead and break this out. That's that's fine. <laughs> well, but you don't want to. You don't want to. Already in a relationship. That's usually. That's not going to matter. It's right on the mattress cover. Up, 
you need to spice up the relationship, you know, break out your venture brother sheet. <laughs> <laughs> We're going on an adventure. It's <laughs> awesome. Well, I got to say, I really like the sheets, and thank you, uh, Mark, for arranging it. Uh, Adult Swim. Swim or Polynesian Children, whoever made them, thank you very much. They are excellent quality. Uh, they look good, I by am, the way. And I think look I'm going to keep those those uh, pillow shams. For sure. The, for on top when I make the bed. Yeah. Those V's are awesome. They look great. They really brighten up a room. But I'm going to go ahead and switch the sheets out now that I've done the review for uh, my normal cotton sheets. Uh-huh. And then I'm sure the ladies will come a-running. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you just stick with the sheets so you have a good excuse to have ladies. <laughs> you might have a point there. <laughs> just really lean into the cycle of self-destruction. That's right. <laughs> I choose you, Sheet. I choose you. <laughs> Curl up with my Megatron and go to sleep. Oh, Jesus, that's awesome. Okay, so who else do we have today? All right. Uh, we we talked. I feel we've underutilized uh, uh, Slick McFavorite over here, expert on toys, because uh, while I learned a lot while we did a lot of conversations, I bet there's stuff he knows right off, like he proved earlier. Like, do you know uh, uh, what the the company Sideshow is? Oh, definitely. <laughs> All right, see, there you go. Thirty thousand followers on Twitter, and yes, Slick McFavorite knows who Sideshow is. Uh, All right, well, uh, I, I I knew to I I remember the name from Comic Con, and obviously I filled out the wrong thing because I got emails from them for years, yeah. years. <laughs> uh, There's emails coming in the mail. But I didn't really, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> they're, they're putting it in the same <laughs> time. <laughs> this is great. But we we talked to uh, Susan Susan Fairchild. Yeah. Who who get this? Uh, she she doesn't make the toys. No. She doesn't uh, really sell the toys. She doesn't have ideas for the toys. Her job is basically to be in charge of the social media, yeah, and she's good at it. The face yeah. on social media right. of Sideshow the Collectibles, a big giant company. I'm guessing is that right, Slick? Yes, yes. I, I mean, it's not massive by any means. Um, none of these toy companies outside of like Hasbro and Mattel are are huge by any means. Um, if I had to guess, I would say it's it's probably a 25 person company at the most. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm glad I never asked her for the number because I <laughs> kind of pictured something a little bigger. Yeah, you're right. I guess I'm gauging it by I know them from their presence at Comic-Con mostly, and they have a, a big presence, and their, their products are amazing. Well, there's, and there's also another very important difference. Um, Hasbro is a toy company. Sideshow is a studio. True. Yeah, true. This place is exactly. Art. This is art. Yeah, art. they're not cranking things out there. Yeah. You're absolutely are right. And that is the level yeah. that it's, they're at. It's beautiful stuff. And uh, Yeah, we had a chance to talk to Susan. Um, oh, yeah, even though she we, doesn't create the toys, she yeah. just basically plays on Twitter and Facebook. We talked to her and found out she's very much a geek. She's a fan. Very much a fan. She's one of us. Exactly. Yeah. She even opened up a little story about you know, running around uh, the Let's office. And about, oh, fuck. Here I go again. <laughs> All right. Uh, Slick, Marquis, everybody hold on. I'm going to activate the magic interview machine, and let's get Susan Fairchild from Sideshow Toys out here. Meanwhile. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Susan, how you doing? Good, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks. This is uh, this is Grim Shea here. We're recording this ahead of time, 
So uh, don't don't be afraid to screw up or uh, stutter or curse. I can curse. imagine that <laughs> you won't need to worry about any of that from me. But uh, the cursing you might need to worry about. But I'm I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get like embarrassed about stuttering or messing up or anything like that. <laughs> you don't need to worry about that with me. I dressed up as Batman in a cape and ran around our office, so I'm pretty cool about the whole not having any boundaries type issues. <laughs> what? What? Do you mind if I ask why you uh, why you ran around dressed as Batman in the office? Oh, because it was Thursday. Oh well, there you go. And sometimes you just really want to wear a cape. And I work for Sideshow, so they accept me for who I am, cape and all. <laughs> That's true. In fact, you know, what what the let's just say this interview is going now because I'm glad you brought up Sideshow. I was going to. Um and yes, uh for those of you listening, we are talking with Susan Fairchild, who is and I want to make sure I've got your title right here, the online community specialist. For sideshow yes. collectibles. That would be me. Mm-hmm. What in God's green earth is an online community specialist? It's a super fancy way to say that I run Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> I do the, the social media marketing. Like uh, I, I'm the one who's doing all the posts. Um, you know, I do the giveaways and the contests and that kind of fun stuff. I get to be the fun one and interact. I do YouTube videos for them. So anything online, and I guess they kind of needed an all-encompassing title, so that kind of covers, you know, the general of what I do. Well, and as a follower of at Sideshow Toy, right? Is that your it's handle? At Collect Sideshow. At Collect Sideshow. Mm-hmm. I know that Susan here is also the community punching bag. So when someone's upset that they don't win their prize, <laughs> um, a, 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 a term that I've heard Susan use is no sniveling. Is that a, yes. is, did sniveling. I just sniveling? Yes, no sniveling. That is a, <laughs> it, it is the, the actually on the official contest page, if you go there, it says like when we link you to the rules, it says no sniveling, it's unattractive. And we really believe that. <laughs> Absolutely. Really? Because I've heard the uh, squeaky wheel gets the grease. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, that's not really that's not really the case. I mean, we we talk to people who and we have like you know our regulars who who are very active on social media, and so those people um, get get heard a lot, and they are they are very loud people. But in general, we try to be you know. We try to cover everyone because we do have a very large community and it is a lot of fun and we all love the same things. So I kind of have the why can't we all just get along mentality Um, because, you know, personally, I like to call myself an all-inclusive nerd where I I like everything um, and want to see the best in everything. So when I look at something like um, a contest, I look at it as – I get to have a chance to win something that I really care about that costs a lot of money, and I might get it for free, so that's pretty cool. And a lot of the times the contests are fun and creative, so you can submit things that are, like, nerdy and quirky and are unique to you, which is something I really enjoy about our community is that everybody has their own opinion and their own perspective on things, and, they, and we try to give them a chance to express that in, like, a positive way. Hmm. Well... Well, as a, as a member of that community, and we talk about 
this, uh, and I'll put it in air quotes, this community of ours quite a bit on the show, uh, uh, one of the, the most endearing traits is its inclusiveness, is the fact that we all, we have so many touchstones in the pop culture together that it's very easy for us to uh, to get along, to find some common ground. Uh, yeah. However, as someone who's lost a lot of contests, why don't you just go to hell? Aww. <laughs> Yes, stuff your flowers in a sack. I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> well, you know, every dog has their day since we keep using awkward cliches. So you never know. <laughs> what time and, might and, you know, as a, uh, I often um, try to chime in and try to step into these contests and stuff. And I'm very selective. Like, I don't want to waste my one win on something that I don't really want. So I don't enter into everything. And I'm I'm trying I'm really selective. I'm like no no I really want this one thing because you know what if randomly I win something? Yeah, and you think that's it? That's, yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's you got your one your one yeah. life's win there, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah, well, and you what? can't really trade, so it doesn't no, really no work trading. that way. <laughs> no vaccines. <Exactly. backsies. laughs> <laughs> yeah, no vaccines. <backsies. laughs> Well, well, it sounds like uh, you guys got uh, you know quite the the marketing uh, online. Uh, infrastructure there. I'm wondering uh, who the hell down at Sideshow is actually making toys? <laughs> um, a, a whole lot of other departments. <laughs> um, we, we're lucky enough to have, we, I mean, we work with sculptors and painters and artists from all over the world, and sometimes they're in the office and sometimes they're not, but we do have a full-time in-office like art team, like design, development, sculpt, paint, like they're all, we have a wing for that. <laughs> Um, so it's kind of cool. Like we, we have people who are just incredibly talented around us all the time. So it's really inspirational and helps us, you know, with, with what I do and what we do in the marketing department, it's, it's helpful sometimes to just be able to go to that section of the office and ask a sculptor, like, what was your inspiration when you were trying to do this? And so it's kind of cool to be able to do that. And it's a really awesome work environment. I mean, I've never worked in an office where I could just go talk to a painter if I wanted to for a few hours and then go see what the sculptors and, like, how they work. And it's a really interesting place to work. It's really amazing. I, I love it here. How, uh, how do, how do the, uh, the artists and the painters and the sculptors react to that? Uh, do they, they see you coming and go, oh, okay, here comes the online community specialist again. <laughs> put, put your smile on I think it depends whether or not I'm holding my camera and want to stick them up on Instagram. <laughs> I think sometimes they're like, oh, no, Susan's coming down the hall. But but it, as a general rule, everyone here is really friendly. And, you, you know, we, we this theme has come up a couple of times in the interview where people were part of a community and, you know, they wouldn't be sculpting at Sideshow if they weren't completely passionate about what they were doing. So when you want to talk to a sculptor about the the character that they're doing, they usually have a specific love and a specific favorite version of that character. So it's they're they're more than willing to share what they love with you, you know, as well. So it's it's pretty cool to I keep saying it's pretty cool, it's pretty cool. But that's how I feel about everything. Hey, that's that's exactly what we want to hear. Uh-huh. Especially we want that kind of validation that yeah. That, that those of you down there making these toys are just as into it and a, and a part of the culture as we are. Almost oh, like man. you're caretakers in a way. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to if put you... extra pressure on you, but. <laughs> I think that we that it's safe to say that we we know that we have that sort of responsibility to our community, um, but and we try to to you know with great power comes great responsibility, and we try to <laughs> we try to uphold that in a way. And I mean, if you walked into the sculpt room, that room is like amazing. You can see that they like decked the whole thing out in just things that they love. And I think everybody's office is kind of unique to that. So you have like a group of geeks working together, and whenever you walk into a different office, you can kind of tell their speciality in the geek world and pop culture. And that's really cool to see, too, is how diverse um, our culture and community actually is because it's like someone who likes Superman isn't always the same person who really loves Star Wars. So it's, it's really cool. Uh, and uh, and you guys down at uh, at Sideshow have a lot of properties that you work oh, yeah. on, so it's a good thing you've got a a, a nice oh, stable yeah. of uh, of variety. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because you can and, always uh, ask someone who knows more about that than you do. Like if I don't know a whole lot about something in order to market it, I can always be like, "Hey, so you are up to date on this particular thing? I really need to kind of pick your brain about what's going on with that right now." Hmm. Well, um, I I like that. Well, it, you know, and, and for those of you listening, I assume you all know what Sideshow Collectibles is. Uh, and if you don't, I'll just tell you real quick. It's like you guys are kind of the the big boy on the block for high end, you know, basically art form collectible, collectible action figures, and I don't want to say play sets, but uh, well, you figures. get the idea. Like statues and mixed yeah. media, like we have real mm-hmm. clothing on our premium format figures, and yeah, so yeah. And the level we, of we detail on everything yeah. you guys do is amazing. I've I've actually got uh, I'm of I'm of a couple different minds about it because uh, I am I am not a collector. I'm a big fan of most of these properties, and I love what you guys do because whenever I go to Comic Con and I get out on the floor, like the big highlight is getting to the middle and finding the sideshow booth. Yeah. And you guys have amazing things. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. But on the other hand, as not a collector, I want you to explain to me why I should pay $300 for a Han Solo figure. <laughs> um, because it's the best one out there. And if you're a Han Solo <laughs> fan, why wouldn't you? I mean, we... <laughs> to pull out some customer service train, we we have flex pay plans, so the three hundred dollar figure can be like as little as like forty dollars a month because we do we work with like a pre order system, so we solicit the item before it's in stock, so you can by the time it's here and we can ship it out to you, it's paid off, and then it kind of just seems like you only paid forty dollars a month for it instead of three hundred yeah. at once. <laughs> well, that's. That's pretty effective, deceptive marketing. Good, <laughs> good work there, online community specialist. I will answer that question for her. Uh, the actual reason why it's three hundred dollars is because of the the artists, the designers, the mm-hmm. the um, seamstresses, uh, the license, um, the actual materials, the, you know, on and on and on and on. Uh, I took a friend of mine to his first Comic-Con just this past year, 
and he's kind of a wine kind of sewer. He's a uh, he buys art. He's a part owner of a racehorse. Oh yeah, you know? I know you're talking so, about. It. And this guy, you know, he knows he knows finer things. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm taking him through the floor, and I take him to sideshow. He has to see this. And if you're going to go to Comic Con, you got to see the you got to see the sideshow booth. And I'm walking through, and I I actually tell him, I go, look, check check out check out this one. I actually have this one on pre-order. I I am I'm actually a big customer of yours. Um, and I'm I'm pointing some stuff out, and I go I'm actually getting some. And I go that's only and I I say that's three hundred dollars, and and he's like only. <laughs> Monocle fell yeah. off his eye. Improbable, you know, like. Uh, yeah. But no, he was really. <laughs> he was so shocked that that's only that price. And I think it's because he understands the value and the work that kind of goes behind these high-end collectibles. It's amazing work what you guys are doing. Yeah, not yeah. not to undercut my own uh, investigative uh, journalism uh, question there, but yeah, seeing is believing when it comes to the quality of these things. That uh, so that's why to that's, answer your question. Oh. All right. Well, well. Thank you, Marky, and, and thank you, Susan. I appreciate both of you putting me in my place. You didn't even need to have me on here. He could have just answered for me. <laughs> Happy to help. No, we've got to hear more from you, though. Um, Fair enough. What? Uh, well, I guess this. This. You know, we're not exactly Twitter or Facebook, but we are a platform. If you want mm-hmm. to uh, get some word out, what what would you like to promote? For sideshow right now, Susan. Tell us. We're dying in oh, it. Oh man. Okay. Um well the one thing that I'm this is I'm just gonna like because I'm a fan and I'm and I'm a collector and the one piece that I've been dying ever since I first saw him um in our office, like when we got the prototype in is I've been dying for our six scale R two. Like I'm not even kidding. I'm I'm like a Star Wars fan. I'm a, the people who follow on Twitter and stuff know that I'm a huge R2 fan, but this is like the premium R2-D2 six-scale figure. There's going to be nothing like it. He comes with so many different accessories. He comes with his entire tray from Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi, and all of the individual cups like actually have liquid in them. It's like insane the amount of de- – or not actual liquid, but, you know, it looks like there's liquid in there. And yes. the insane amount like of detail – <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, you don't know what kind of prices are on the high-end liquor at Jabba's Palace. It would be <laughs> insane. You true. don't know. You're actually um, getting a deal. Yeah, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I've got these skiff drink tickets I was going to use. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a two-drink minimum there. Um, <laughs> so I've been just dying for him, and he's set to come in sometime in January, and I just can't wait to see everybody's reaction to this just – perfect version of R2. Like, I will say that as an R2 fan. This is like a perfect version of R2. In 1-6 scale. Mm-hmm. In 1-6 one one Available scale. at sideshowtoy.com. Mm-hmm. Pre-order it right now. So get out there. If you yeah. want to keep up to date for when it comes out, you can you can even follow mm-hmm. our friend Susan at, at Collectibles Sideshow. Did I get that at right? Col- at Collect Sideshow. At Collect Sideshow. Yes. That, that at Collectible Sideshow is a Pirate site, don't follow that. There's a pirate site, and don't follow that. You're not talking to me. (laughs) They will be very confused when you start gushing about R2. (laughs) Uh, Well, I want to know, uh, just from you personally, are you the type, when you get your R2, are you going to open it up? Are you going to play with it? 
Oh, yeah. Or are you just going to keep it on display? Oh, no. I play with them. Um, I play with, like, I I collect both six scale and the premium formats. Depending on the character, I'm like, I have to try to limit it to specific characters or my husband would kill me. Um, (laughs) But I I take them out and, like, I just got the, the... the, oh my gosh! Why am I blanking on? He's my favorite. The Loki <laughs> and Thor ah. from Thor: The Dark World, um, the Hot Toys figures that um, that came out recently, and they I play with them. I you know pose Loki in different ways. I pose them. I like to pose them so they're fighting, and then sometimes they're friends because they have such a complicated relationship. And then I like to explain to like when I have friends coming over, like why Loki and Thor are posed that way right now. I do the same thing with like my Tony Stark, the mechanic. I I, I really like the the um, ones where you can see the actor likenesses because they're so incredibly detailed that it's like having you know a 12 inch Robert Downey Jr. running around my house. I like to believe <laughs> Toy Story kind of happens and he comes alive yeah. at night and he fixes things maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I that's a very long way for me to answer your question. Yes, I take my six scales out. And I do play with them and pose them and make sure that they're doing awesome things in my house. Um, but my premium formats, I just kind of just I just display because yeah. you know those are, those are works of art. They're not meant for me to like move around a bunch or do anything with. Yeah, they're not posable for all the. No, they're not posable. Uh, right. Well, well, call me a novice, and I want to hear more about what is the difference between the uh, these these premiums, non-posable works of art. Well, it is and your six scales. It is it is actually a trademarked uh, um, design. Mm-hmm. A designation is called a premium format PF premium format, and and they're mostly like um, statue, highly detailed. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, check out the one right now. That's I think you guys still have available for pre order. It's the 1989 Tim Burton Michael Keaton Batman. First time that I ever realized this was looking at your images on your website but i don't know if if anybody knew this but he's wearing nike air maxes yeah and i saw the movie recently because i bought it on blu-ray and Uh i looked in the very first scene where he says i'm batman when they show his feet they're nike air maxes Yep. I had no idea <laughs> until I saw the Sideshow toy. The yep. premium, that's how detailed it is, is that you will realize um, particulars about the character that you didn't even know existed by the mm-hmm. detail associated with premium format Sideshow toys. Mm-mm. Yep. There you go. <laughs> I just sold you a couple example. of Batman. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And that, that piece, like even the base of that piece has little bats that are hanging off the bottom of the, the stairs. It's just so incredibly detailed. It's amazing. I love that piece. Well, if anybody's out there, you've got to check out the detail in the Christopher Reeves premium format Superman. Uh, I That's think another great one. I know that Grim Shaher was about to ask me what I thought. Um, and so I'm just going to get I ahead of you. never stop asking. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is amazing. And when we say it's a statue, yeah, it's a statue because it doesn't move, but it's got real cloth, like, you know, like real clothing on it. And it's, it's Christopher Reeve. It's a quarter scale Christopher Reeve. I don't know. You guys must've sold out of those things immediately. Cause it's, it's so, it's so the sculpt on that, the face is just, I can't even believe how much it looks like Christopher Reeve. It's so amazing. Have you ever gone to uh, to order one and uh, and you've been out? Yes. 
<laughs> oh, that has happened, so and it's been so sad because <laughs> I'm like, I work here. <laughs> but yes, we because of you know because our stuff is so popular and it's really high quality. We're the we're the go to place for the high end collectibles, and if I don't, if I forget or if I'm not on the ball with what I know I want coming up next in my collection, I can be just as shafted as the next person in that department. <laughs> you have to act quick. Well, yeah, you do. Yeah, and you have to make those decisions. Like Especially like, for those, I find that kind of heartening. So good. Mm-hmm. And I bet, yeah. uh, and, and it probably, and I know you guys sell out the fastest on your exclusives. Mm-hmm. We uh, do. And that's, that's your big money right there. Tell, uh, can you, a lot of times the, the exclusive version, um, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy figure, um, mm-hmm. main, his exclusive um, thing is the is the actual orb. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a very valuable part of the storyline. Yep. On the Guardians of the Galaxy, if you get the Rocket and Groot 2-pack, the exclusive is a dancing baby Groot, which is, like, so cool oh, to have the little dancing baby Groot and... If you want a six-scale version of that, that's the only way you can get it. There is a quarter-scale version of Dancing Baby Groot you can get, but if you want the six-scale to go with all the rest of your six-scale collections, the only way you can get that is by getting the exclusive two-pack of Rocket and Groot. There it is. On mm-hmm. SideshowToy.com. That's right. Go out, everybody stampede over there right now and screw <laughs> each other out of this exclusive. <laughs> it would amuse us all to see. <laughs> There you go. Thank you. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Meanwhile, what do we have here? It's Castle Grayskull. And it's mine. That's so fast, Beastman. He-Man! You can pit He-Man against Beastman playing for the power of Castle Grayskull. You have to put the castle together. Beastman's escaping. The throne, Dad. Castle Grayskull from the Masters of the Universe collection. He-Man and Beast-Man each sold separately from Mattel. All right, and that was Susan Fairchild, online community specialist for Sideshow Collectibles, one of the, one of the uh, one of the the big studios, the studios. Not toy company, right? Big studios. Exactly. They treat it like art. They're patronized by the uh, Da Vinci's, etc. Exactly, but what's what's funny right right towards the end there when you and her were talking about the uh, the level of detail uh-huh. and you mentioned the Michael Keaton uh-huh. figure that you were excited about. Why don't you tell the people what just came in the mail for just, you yesterday? Just yesterday, uh, the I mean, look, I'm looking at the box right now. It's the Batman premium format figure. This is the exclusive version, uh, which is... Premium figure format, exclusive version. From And this is from the 1989 Michael Keaton movie. And Batman. Uh, this is the Batman. Yeah. Exactly. And he's in, Batman. In my opinion, he's still the best Batman. All right. Well, you know what? That's And, and, and you said, I'm going to wait. Well, I, I think most of the time you don't even open these. But you said, we're doing this show. This just showed up. I'm bringing this over. It's, we're yeah. going to unbox this. We're going to unbox. We're unboxing this one right here, right now, you bastards. So we're going to record ready? this. First Are you ready, shot. Slick? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Slick, unfortunately, is not in the room with us, so uh, <laughs> he's really not getting the full effect. Uh, for everyone listening, uh, pull that my MacGyver knife. 
Slick included. Mark has uh, walked away uh, across the room, gone to get the box. He's he's opening it with a Swiss Army knife right now. All right. It looks like he did not cut into the cardboard. Everything should be uh, Sideshow is very good about putting the cardboard piece on top so that when you open it with the knife, you don't cut into the uh, product box. Sideshow is smart enough to dummy-proof their things by putting an extra layer of cardboard so you idiots don't slice open your $400 toy. <laughs> You idiot. Well, that's as good. This play-by-play is brought to you by Schlitz Beer. <laughs> Drink a Schlitz today. Back to the action. Okay, he's... Ladies and gentlemen, maybe you... If, if you are collectors, you understand the importance of this. I sure don't, and I think it's ridiculous. But he just put on latex gloves. I just don't want any I am fingerprints not joking. on the figure. He doesn't want fingerprints on the figure. I'm going to manhandle it. What kind of a fool am I? Okay, I see... You open the top of the box. It's a large box, too. And the Tim Burton, nice, golden-hued Batman symbols on the top. I do like to maintain the integrity of the shipping crate, so I will turn it over and gingerly let the product slide out. I don't know if you can hear that, ladies and gentlemen. It was just Marky being anal retentive. There you go. By the way, Slick, do you, are you familiar with this? Do you uh, check out any of the sideshow so I know you're not as much into these, uh, like, these are basically statues. Yeah, my big thing's action figures. Like, they have to have articulation. I only mm. probably have three statues out of a 10,000-piece collection. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, oh, Mark's, Mark's got the styrofoam packaging all out of the of the second box now. Just to keep everyone updated, is very, very carefully cutting through the tape connecting the two styrofoam clamshells. Um, you know, we uh, we talked to somebody a little bit later in the show. You'll hear our interview with uh, with uh, Pierre Calanzaga from Mezco Toys, and he taught us the term uh, staction figures. Have you heard of that before? Yes, and uh, though, and seeing. What's interesting is when I just said I only have three statues, I actually have uh, considerably more stations. Okay, so there is a difference between the full-on, it's just cast, it's a statue, you can't move it, all you can do is display it, and a staction figure is something a little more movable? Yeah, it, there's, there, it was kind of coined based off of the four horsemen. We were talking about Masters of the Universe classics before. Mm-hmm. They're a design studio that designs all of the all of those Masters of the Universe toys for Mattel. They did these things that were figure-sized statues of Masters of the Universe back in the day, back during that early 2000 period. And so that's where the term was originally coined was for those stations. Now, oh. now there's been there's been, but those don't have any articulation. They are literally the small statues. Okay. Um, but then it, it kind of evolved to include this subgroup of statues that do have limited articulation. You can turn them at the waist and an arm will move just to get a slightly different pose or something. But, but you know, they, like, like no obvious joints or anything. They would rather exactly. look like a statue than a, okay, I get that. Yeah. And I don't blame them. That, that term is cool, staction figure. I loved it when we heard it. 
Oh, okay. Uh, quick update here. Marky has got the clamshell open. It really did take him almost this long. He is, if, if you've ever spent Christmas morning with a relative who wants to save the wrapping paper, it's exactly you can really picture exactly what's happening here. I do but he's got the base out. My God, this thing is way bigger than I thought it was. <laughs> All right, he just has, it looks like it's a set of a spiral staircase from uh, from the Batman set. Uh, set around a central stalagmite, whatever yep. goes up. Stalagmite. Yep. Uh, stalagmite. And... It's got to stand, I would say, just by itself, where his feet would be, got to be a good eight inches off the ground. Yeah, I'm on uh, I'm on sideshowtoy.com right now looking at their gallery of it. Oh, and a, and a correction to my best guess of how big Sideshow Toy is. Yeah. Um, um, on their LinkedIn profile, they have 65 employees that are on LinkedIn. So uh -huh. that's not even all of their employees. Those are just the ones that are on LinkedIn. So they are probably closer to 100, I would assume. Okay, well, that gives them a little more cred. I mean, I have a feeling it's far more than... I believe they're magnetized. Far more than 100 uh, people at Hasbro, but... Oh, oh, yes. Sir. I think I just saw... Did you say that was a magnet? I believe they are. All right. Uh, yeah. At this point, he has now pulled out the main body, which is headless and was initially armless with uh, with pegs to put the feet in. And, yeah, you're right. There's no joints. Nothing moves. So he's kind of mid, you know, in between steps. But then he just put the the forearms onto it with magnets. Yeah. Apple, Apple has something. There, you <laughs> yeah. know. If you don't want to plug something in and then break that plug off, just don't have a plug. Yeah, that's that was pretty cool. Okay. These people are smarter than I give them credit for. Right, this look at, he, it looks like he's got the cowl out. I imagine the head's probably inside. I can't really see from my vantage point, ladies and gentlemen. So now, based off, of, and I don't, I guess I don't know how big an apple is, but based <laughs> on, he stands about three apples off the ground on that staircase, based on their pictures. That's that sounds about right. And it looks like tall. And I, as soon as he's he's looking for some other piece, I, I'm not sure what, but as soon as he gets that head on to the rest of the figure, it looks like it will stand about, uh, I would say about 18, 20 inches off the ground from the bottom of the base to the top of his, his cowl spikes. Mark is looking around like he lost the Allen wrench right now. I don't know if we're in trouble. Well, I am not seeing the cape. Oh, the cape. While he does that, I'll, I'll drop another Cliff Clavin for you. Oh, I love it. That's exactly so, what I want. <laughs> so, uh, being from New Mexico, we have Carlsbad Caverns, which is one of the most famous caverns in the world. So, going there as a young child, I learned that the uh, formations on the ceiling are called stalactites because they have to hold tight to the ceiling 
and the ones that are forming on the ground are stalagmites because they have to have a lot of mite to grow. And that I remember hearing that same thing, and every time I replay it in my head to get it right, I hear, <laughs> no, Dan, they have to hold on to the ceiling with all their might. Oh, sure. So it's been, and I'm sorry if I just ruined it for you forever now, too. If, if Every time you want to know stalagmite from stalactite, you hear my voice saying, <laughs> no, they hold on for all their might or something. I, I apologize. Yeah, I don't think your one reference will trump my uh, 26 years of, of knowing. Oh, it's too late, buddy. I'm already in your head. Tell them I found a secret compartment. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, I see giddiness. He's pulling things out of... where? What's, oh, found a secret compartment in the... I had the... to pull on a statue of William Shakespeare. <laughs> Behind the piano, and the staircase opened up, yeah. and sure enough, we got... Oh, this looks like they've got an extra arm. Yeah, this is the exclusive version. So, despite it being just a statue, you can have the one arm change, at least. Well, this is the exclusive version has the grappling gun. Oh, because you got the exclusive. Okay, I'm ready to walk everybody through. What? Okay. Oh, oh, oh wait, wait. Hey, hey, to interrupt, but we have a sideshow... A sideshow premium format completed uh, presentation coming from Marquee. As soon as he gets all the little details right. Let's see, I'm looking at the feet, and hot damn, you are. They just have the. Look at the. Like you can tell, they've got the swoosh on the side. Jet black. They have the Velcro over the top, which is what held the laces down on the Nike Air Maxes. Mm Um, this is not working Velcro, but you can see it. It's 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 there in the sculpt. Yep. And then you can see on the side right here, you see it's the Nike uh, sole uh, of the shoe. You see, you can see the little air pocket, yeah. <laughs> the little window, and then yeah, you see the little Nike. There's a little Nike swoosh. Yeah. There it is. Like it looks like it's he's got some some kind of you know, uh, shin guards that strap over top of part of it. Which make it look like boots. Which make it look like boots, but you can see the swoosh, you know, part of the swoosh out of there. Real attention to detail. It's really gorgeous. Um, When you attach the thing, it basically comes in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven pieces. And it's about a it's a it's a quarter scale figure. Um, my best guess is about what fifteen, sixteen inches. Yeah, I was going to guess about eighteen inches from yeah. from the bottom of the base to his ears. Yep. Um, and it's just this massive statue. Uh, the paint job is fantastic. You got like the gunmetal black kind of suit. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a metallic gold paint on the belt on the utility belt, and then on the logo is that classic. You know, Tim Burton era Batman logo. Oh, yeah. And then if you get up all the way into the head sculpt, what actor is that? Oh, that's, you can see it's Michael Keaton. It's I mean, that's recently like, yeah. Oscar nominated yeah. <laughs> Michael Keaton. That, that's you know. Birdman right there. Yeah, that's the Birdman. And um, the, the cape itself, it does have kind of like a leather. Uh, now, this is a real moving, you know, fabric cape. Yeah. This is, you know, if. If you were to buy a jacket of this material, which would only require, I would say, about like three of these capes put together, would make a nice blazer <laughs> yeah. for the average person. Yeah. 
It's really gorgeous. And it would be something that would cost you hundreds of dollars because that's good quality. And then um, if you kick it back now, if you kind of kick it to the back, you can see now the exclusive sideshow version includes the grapple gun. It's it's the it's the right hand uh, that is magnetized. So when you just you can just kind of click it in the space there. Um, it kind of clicks into his elbow, um, and it's holding a grapple gun. The other, um, the standard version of the Michael Keaton uh, version, premium format Batman, is just an open, uh, it's just an open hand, uh, not holding anything. But it, again, it's still highly detailed. Well, it looks dark and, and angst-ridden like anything. Uh, yeah, he's clutching. Like, like almost like uh, you can hear Tim Burton off screen saying, like, no, get more, get more angry, get more tense, get more darker. Give me dark. Yeah, give me dark. Yeah. And you can totally see that. And then um, as you kind of go up to... The head. Now, the other part, remember, we said there were seven pieces associated. So one of them is the interchangeable right hand. One of them is holding the grapple gun. One of them is not. And then the actual head is magnetized onto the top. And then the cape itself, there's like these little grooves uh, kind of on the collarbone area of the Batman figure. And the, you know, one end of Velcro is on the figure itself, and the other end is on the cape. So you just kind of lay the cape down and then it kind of uh, adheres itself to the figure using the Velcro, and then you magnetize you throw the throw that magnet cowl on top, right boom, on top. You're, that cape's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Mostly because this guy is never going anywhere. And but at the same time, it is solid. It is connected. It's totally on there. It's not going anywhere. And just like Susan said, if you want to... That's uh, right. Yeah, show me. I want to see Hold at on, the bottom you. of the base, she said something about... Now, you have to bats. watch out for these because uh, the bats are magnetized at the bottom. So uh, they're separate pieces. They are separate pieces. There's yeah. two of them right here. I can't. I can't. Oh, wait. And there's one of them over here. Let me pick it up. Ah, oh, I see them. Two there. of them here and one of them right here. So these are hand. Go ahead and pull them. They'll come right off. Oh. You can see. Uh, can you put them kind of anywhere? Or is no, the I, only well, I think that there's. Spots? I think that the magnets are on the stairwell. I don't think they're on the figure. Yeah, that that didn't work anywhere else. Yeah, you are. Way to go. Let me just throw that on the floor since it's four hundred dollars. <laughs> I'll I'll be handling the the, the equipment. <laughs> An idiot. Okay, so um, we have yeah the magnetized pieces are on the stairwell themselves. They're not on the figures, so you can't just go stick them anywhere. No, um, and it's got a really polished kind of black base. Um, the base that leads up to the stairwell is uh, it looks like a cave. I mean, it's it's awesome. It really is a beautiful, wonderful figure, and we were happy that we got the opportunity to kind of open this box for you. Yeah, and you were right, Dan. Uh, it is 26.5 inches tall. 26.5 inches? Yep. Wow, wow. It's over two feet. That is impressive. <laughs> it is something else. Yeah, that base surprised me, but just how tall it was, but... Well, there you go. I can see why, you know, that's that's something a collector would want. When you're kind of in the collectibles world, it's all about choices. And, you know, if you're going to give yourself, you know, one or two kind of really good pieces a year, you know, you you want to be really picky. And then you have to kind of, you have to decide what's going to make it in your collection and what's not. You know, I tend to go for comic book characters, uh, heroes and characters like that that are in movies that I like. That's so yeah. That that's of, when you say that's that's the that's one what's get. worth it for me. Correct, to, and that's when I kind of. How about you, Slick? What do you have like a like, like a guideline like that? 
to what you want to collect or what you allow yourself to collect? Yeah, I mean, I like I say, we, we talked about that I kind of focus on those four major 80s toy brands. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'll step outside of those every once in a while. Um, we mentioned that I don't normally collect uh, statues. Um, and I don't normally collect 12-inch figures or what they call 1-6 scale. Um, I primarily collect uh, 1-18th scale, which is 3 and 3 quarters, so like Star Wars and G.I. Joe figures. And then, um, and then like we talked about, uh, Masters of the Universe, uh, that's 1-10th scale. So I'll I'll collect in that one eighteenth and one tenth scale for the most part. And that is, is that just like OCD? You refuse other scales? It, no, it looks funny it, on the shelf, or it's just no, choices. Yeah. It, yeah, it's more to because I I have a tendency to go completist. So basically, buying everything in a certain subset. Whether that be I buy every stormtrooper or clone trooper that comes out or I buy every Jedi that comes out. So what I do is I try to limit myself to these very specific subsets to keep me from just going off and buying everything. Is that, do you think that's kind of par for the course for, for, for collectors our age in our in this in this booming place where you have actual art studios trying to sell you exclusives left and right? Well, I think so. There's it, it kind of falls into two different classes. There's uh, casual collectors, which will just basically buy what they like. And, and for the most part, they're the ones that might have, you know, a, a, a vintage Optimus Prime toy, but then have this... $400 premium format Batman statue in their house. You know, <laughs> they're they're just literally buying what they like because unlike people that really get obsessed with it, like me and and you know, and I'm not afraid to admit it, I have a problem with it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Would would you call I, it a compulsion? Do, like... Yeah, definitely. You know, and like so, like you say, it very much is OCD that. In order to keep that in check, I just have to say I don't buy 12-inch figures. I don't mm. care how, and, and even though I say that, I do have a couple sideshow ones. But besides that, I just don't buy them. I, I look and I say, "Wow, that's an amazing action figure that sideshow did." And and even more impressive that we haven't even talked about was they distribute for a company called Hot Toys from Japan. Mm-hmm. So they're the only U.S. distributor for them, um, and and Hot Toys is like Sideshow times two. So Sideshow's 12-inch figures cost $100, and Hot Toys start at $200. And, I mean, the Hot Toys stuff, those, you know, pun intended, I guess, those are really the hot items yeah. right now in the high-end collectible world are these hot toys because 
they're going prolific. They're like putting out every Guardian of the Galaxy character. They've put out every Avengers character. You know, I mean, they're they're just going crazy. And, and they actually just got their hands on the Star Wars line. They a couple of years ago, the only hot toy Star Wars was the Luke Skywalker and Bispin. Um, it was a two-figure combo pack that I that I bought. It's it's beautiful. You kind of have like uh, Luke in his Bispin, which is the brown fatigue for all of you uh, that he wore in Empire Strikes Back. The Cloud City. The Cloud City, right? Uh, um, yeah, exactly. And um, it came in. A, it was a two-figure pack. Um, one of them was kind of battle damaged, and the other one was not. And you know, it comes with all the attachments, like you know his severed hand, his regular hand, the gauntlet. It comes with um, the lightsaber, the blasters, and then it comes with, like, a different head sculpt. One of them is all beat up. So this is, like, when he's yelling, no, I can't be, that's impossible. You know, <laughs> like, that face is one of the sculpts that it comes with. And it comes with the little, kind of a little um, diorama piece that you can hang him off of the little tower that he's found at the end of Empire Strikes Back. It's, like, all this amazing detail about what Hot Toys is known for. And you'll see it in the Michael Keaton version of Hot Toys Batman. You'll see it in the in the Jack Nicholson Joker that they make, and you'll see it in the Luke Skywalker that I was just talking about, but Hot Toys face sculpts, their head sculpts, are amazing. And they have like this patented eye-rolling design. You, you pluck the back of the head off, and then you could adjust where the eyes are looking. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's just so insane to me. <laughs> and they're glossy. They look real. I mean, yeah. it's fantastic. And, um, but... Although I do agree with you that Hot Toys traditionally kind of upped the value, kind of the artistic kind of prowess. Um, if you look at some of the early stuff from Sideshow, like let's just you know, since we're talking about Star Wars right now, look at like uh, some of the early Sideshow twelve-inch figures of Luke and of Leia and of Han Solo and things like that, and they're pretty good. They're you know they're pretty good, uh, and they at the time they were around yeah eighty-nine ninety-nine dollars. But if you go right now on SideshowToy.com, you can pre-order or you can order uh, the Han Solo Hoth um, um, figure. And it comes in a, both a blue and a brown jacket. There's a whole story behind why there's a blue and a brown one. Even though he's only wearing one jacket in the movie, but that's a different story. Um, but anyway, look at, the, look at the sculpts of what Sideshow has been able to put out recently. Um, on their 12-inch figures, they have upped their game immensely. Um, so they're not only are they the, the distributors for Hot Toys, but they're also really matching them as far as the sculptures and kind of the work. And fortunately or unfortunately, they're also matching them in price a little bit more because I believe <laughs> that Hoth is around 200 and something dollars. Ooh. See, and that which just brings me back to my question: like, how how do you guys choose then, with limited resources, what what figures you're going to get? You were talking about like the subset kind of collection, which is what I do with Transformers. What I what I like to do is I like to get the uh, Tommy Takara kind of version or the Toys R Us Master um, Masterpiece collections mm-hmm. of the Transformers that I had when I was a kid. So I'm trying to just kind of recapture those specific figures that I had. So, you know, Soundwave, um, I had um, the big uh, base, was it Titan was his name? Uh, Metroplex. Metroplex, I had that. Um, And then 
you know, all the cassettes and things like, you know, Ravage and things like that. And um, I had my favorite Christmas gift still to this day was my Optimus Prime that my mom got me when I was like seven or eight. Um, and I got that Tommy Takara. And what I just got in the mail, which I actually haven't even opened yet, um, we, I just got it like a week ago, was my uh, Ultra Magnus. Um, have oh, you got your Ultra Magnus yet? I, I actually canceled my pre-order. Oh, you um, did. I, I scratched the oh. itch. There was a uh, there was a third-party company that made a masterpiece Ultra Magnus before Hasbro did. Mm-hmm. It came out. It came out about six months ago, and uh, like I was talking about with repaints, they repainted it to look like the pre-Transformer Ultra Magnus. So uh, there was, um, his name was Diatlas. And, <laughs> uh, and so I bought that one because it went on super sale. It was only 100 bucks compared to the 181 but it's the same scale. The transformations are remarkably the same, or or not the same, similar. Um, and so the, I scratched my itch with that one, and they they have pretty much all but announced that there's going to be a U.S. version of the Ultra Magnus. So I'm going to wait for that. Mm. That that sounds to to me as as a less of a collector, more of an outsider, just just a whole lot like you're describing an addiction. Oh, it is. Well, sure. It, yeah. It, it, it always. always. Okay. It always. Yes. Good. As long as, as long as I wasn't the only one who, who, no, who picked right. up on that. But but then you also do it with a very frugal and survivor and you know kind of a mentality. Yeah, you have to try to cut corners. Right. I, I understand. Yeah. yeah. He said, I scratched my itch, you know, by uh, by getting this other one instead. by smoking some tinfoil for a little while. So I'm okay <laughs> until yeah. until better stuff comes around. I'm just noticing on this. Uh, extra Batman um, hand that I have, the one that's not holding the grappling gun, check out the detail on the glove. Yeah, it's got the little studs on the inside. Little metal studs on the inside. I mean, that's just how exact. And some of them look worn down along the edge, and the ones in the middle don't look at all. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And this is is the level of quality, the level of detail you can expect from a sideshow toy. You're never going to get a Duplo from that. It's what apparently you can expect from Hot Toys. You can get through sideshow collectibles Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but at a different scale, you get the same thing out of Mezco toys. It's the same echelon Uh sort of attention to detail. It's a little bit more mass-produced. But yeah, more mass produced. Okay, so Mesco, so yeah, tell me the difference there with Mesco. Yeah, Mesco's kind of uh, and and sorry, Mark. I guess my take is Mesco is uh, they're kind of along the lines of another company called NECA, which are um, produce toy. They produce action figures and toys that are meant almost primarily for adults. Um, so Mezco put out, um, one of the recent stories is they put out a Breaking Bad Heisenberg figure that came with, uh, blue crystal meth and it was being sold at Toys R Us. And some mom got completely upset about that, started an online petition to have them removed 
and Toys R Us took them off the shelf. Yeah, yeah, um, that was that was all, I was all in the news uh, what, a few months back. You know, Jimmy Fallon, everybody, everyone made their jokes about it. It's funny you mention that because that was the one thing we were encouraged not to talk about the oh. other day when we spoke with. Uh, <laughs> With someone from Mezco Toys. I, I wouldn't put it that we weren't encouraged, but basically they wouldn't have a comment on it. Yeah. yeah. We were told up front, you know, bring it up if you want. We got nothing <laughs> to say. And we, yeah, and I can understand the position there. I can even kind of understand the position that Toys R Us found themselves in. But why? let's listen to this interview real quick. Mm-hmm. It was a good one. It was a good one. Yeah. It's quick. It's to the point. And uh, I waited until the very end to uh, throw a big Toys R Us thing at him. Magic Interview Machine, take me to Pierre Calanzaga of Mezco Toys. Meanwhile, before before we get going, I want to make sure I'm I'm saying this right because I am horrible with any name that has a Z in it. Uh, so right. first of all, uh, Mezco Toys. <laughs> it's you nailed toys. it. That's it. <laughs> right, right. And uh, Pierre Calanzaga. Exactly. It actually is pronounced exactly how it looks, but it's such a long name that it looks more confusing than it actually is. So. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's true. That's true. And, you know, I'm used to most people who are named Kalanzaga to have two L's in their name, so it threw me a little bit. <laughs> well, straight, it's a small club. Spelling, small, I assume. small club of Kalanzagas out here. How you doing, PRK? <laughs> I'm doing very good. Thank you very much. Good. All right, uh, we uh, we are speaking with uh, Mr. Kalanzaga, I'm sorry, Mr. K today, about his role at Mezco Toys, because we're talking all about toys, as you know. With, the, uh, with a Z, of course. With a Z, yeah. <laughs> Not the regular toys, those are for children. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> Which may actually help us to uh, frame this better, because why don't you tell us exactly the toys that Mezco specializes in well all right i'll start uh with a little history i guess we've we've been around for quite a while i think we're going on 14 or 12 or 15 15 years uh and um we're most primarily known i guess for uh living dead dolls which is a the longest running brand of horror themed dolls in the world we've also done family guy in the past hellboy scarface um more recently, we've done Breaking Bad, which has been huge for us. Uh, Sons of Anarchy, we're, we're working into uh, our 112 line, which is uh, starting off with the Dark Knight Batman. And uh, we also have uh, Mortal Kombat, of course, six-inch Mortal Kombat line coming. So it's it's a it's a big year, a transitional year, actually, because we're going from – we're moving into an area that we don't have much um, history in, in that we're doing 12-inch cloth-clothed action figures. So it's exciting. So is that what 112 means? Is it it's a 12-inch figure or is it 112? It's 112. It's, it references the scale, actually. So 112 scale is 6-inch. So that's what we're doing. They're actually 6-inch six six inch scaled, uh, fully clothed action figures. Now, when you say action figures, this is Mark E. talking, by the way. Uh, when you say action figures, now, I am familiar with Mezco toys. Um, I collect the Breaking Bad line myself. Yes. I uh, love them. I think the... The head sculpts are among the best that I've ever seen. Uh, but those aren't action figures because they don't move. No. Um, admittedly, are these... those are action figures. What's that now? Um, I said admittedly, those are action figures. They're very limited in, in terms of articulation. And I think with certain licenses, that actually makes sense. Um, I don't know that uh, – not that I'm against articulation. I love articulation. But I don't know that a character like Walter White necessarily needs to – 
be able to do cartwheels, for instance, or, uh, you know, pose with a samurai sword and all kinds of uh, weird poses. But uh, with the 112th line, we're going uh, all out. These these figures, I think the Batman figure has 32 points of articulation. So any, That's more than any I have. point... <laughs> yeah, I've, I think I've got about three at this point. I <laughs> Um, but any point at which you think an action figure should move, this one moves. So we're we're setting we're setting a new bar. I think. I don't want to talk. You know, I don't want to make too grand a statement. But I there aren't too many other companies doing what we're doing right now. So. Well, and and I noticed that a lot of these properties are very adult facing as well. And you're right. And you're going to get away with. You know, you don't have to sell it as a toy that you can take in the bathtub. We've really, uh, barring very few exceptions, never had children's toys. I mean, the closest we might have come was Axe Cop. Um, but most of the stuff we've done has been um, adult-based, which is good for us because not only we're fans of toys, but we're usually fans of the items that we're working on. Um, so we get to invest our own personal interest in it as well, which is nice. Well, and actually our our team here is we like to cover those themes that we grew up with, but that also grew up with us. And so yes. if you guys are making toys that are really for adults, uh, what was the uh, inspiration for that? I mean, who who kind of got it all going? Because this is relatively a new thing. I mean, there was Tonka trucks, and then now there's Walter White with a little, you know, bag of meth. There, right. There's a huge jump. Right. Well, it's it's interesting because I think um, my generation, I'm, I'm 39, um, my generation and maybe for the generation right after me is one of the very few generations that grew up with things that we have nostalgia about that we can get collectibles based on, if that makes sense. So I grew up with G.I. Joe and Transformers and Star Wars, um, and they can still make those things and I'll buy those things. Whereas if you made a, a Tonka truck today, the you know, the 60-year-old the or the 50-year-old who had a Tonka truck when he was a kid was, wouldn't necessarily reminisce and need to own that again. So uh, to answer your other question, uh, our, the president of our company, Mez, actually founded the company, and he's still a, a huge toy head. I mean, we, you know, we have conversations about superpowers to this day, um, and he's a huge Dark Knight fan, which is why our, one, our 112 line is launching with the Dark Knight Batman. So Is that well, – well, obviously, it, it must be nice to be the king. But as you know, a founder and still active president, how many of those shots is he calling? Is he, he is, you know, is he basically making his own dream line every year? Right. Um, I, if I said yes, I'd be lying. There are some things that, that we make that, that just get made because they're good ideas, and, and it's hard to to turn down a good idea. Um, but there are some things that come along that you know we love and we need to make because we love them. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I know, like, basically, Mez founded this company to make the 112 Dark Knight Batman. That's been his dream. So if we, if uh, if it's the last figure we make, I think he's happy to go out that way. Not that it is the last figure we make. We haven't any plan. But uh, so say the office is a small one here, and um, we're all toy toy fans. I mean, we all have our our area of expertise. We're all vaguely within the same within the same age range. So our lunch conversations are just nerd central. It's amazing. Well, let's let's dive into this particular figure a little bit. I'm actually uh, I've already pre-ordered the Mezco Direct exclusive, the Dark Knight one um, twelfth scale, and I believe the exclusive version has blue cape and the uh, bat symbol with the yellow plate. Is that correct? Or that is, is correct. The, okay. Nope. That's um, correct. And, and then that, there, and that version there are two comes others with all the. Correct? 
Yes, there are, yes. There is a gray and black version, which comes with the um, the, the uh, boot and pist- uh, pistol holster. And then there's a light blue and gray version, which is actually a previews exclusive uh, through Diamond, which has the rifle and the leg belt. But uh, you're in luck because the one you ordered from our website includes all of those um, accessories as well. It's a dark blue with the yellow oval, but it also has the boot and the pistol and the rifle and the leg belt. So, What's next for Mezco? Uh, what, what can we look forward to? What hasn't he realized yet? Um, well, if, if I could answer his dream question, it would probably be the tank from The Dark Knight Returns. I, I don't know that we'll see that. <laughs> That's <laughs> actually a Batmobile, actually. <laughs> It is, yes, yes. It, but yeah. it's uh, you know it would be the size of the desk I'm sitting at right now. Um, <laughs> so that's the dream. The yeah, I don't yeah. know that it will attain that dream, but um, the 112 line is in its infancy, and there are obviously growing pains, and we're figuring things out as we go because this isn't something that we've ever done before. And I think the only other comp to what we're doing is 3A, maybe. Um, so there, we're, we're ironing our wrinkles as we go. So the next figure out is going to be Judge Dredd, which just went up for pre-order today. Um, and then after that, I'm afraid I can't reveal too much, but we have we have plans. We're we're going to go into 112, basically at a cannonball. We're going in deep. So we've got a lot of ideas. Awesome. If Mez uh, really really liked the Dark Knight, did he ever parlay that into say getting you know Frank Miller to come over to the studio and kind of work with you guys or talk with you guys? I've he, as far as I know, Frank Miller's never been here. Um, and I, I know that Mez and Frank Miller have spoken, but I don't know that, that Frank Miller was necessarily involved directly in the production of this figure. His work, obviously, is seminal, and, and we looked at it, we referenced it daily to get the figure right. But um, it's almost like going back and referencing a, a classic novel. You don't need the author there necessarily. The work speaks for itself. And in terms of this, you know, Frank Miller wrote a book that's still speaking loudly 30-some-odd years later. So... And he's not trying to sue you over this line, right? <laughs> you because that would no, be something I, I would, retroactively you would know you would have gone too far. Yes, yes. I would hope I would hope that, that Frank Miller is, is proud of the figure that we've made. Uh, I know he's he's um rightfully critical because he's he's a, he's been a master of the craft for a very long time. But I, I think this is the best Dark Knight figure that's ever been made. And I know there haven't been many, but this is a new level, so uh, nothing like hearing a professional being humble about his work. <laughs> it's hard, you know. What? It's honestly, I, I I don't like bragging, and it's not usually what I do. But I'm, like I said, I'm a toy fan, and this this toy line, this figure in particular, is just it's amazing. And I I, I don't want to sound like that guy who's pimping my own company, but um, it's it's such a fun figure that it's hard not to be excited about it. And I hope you excuse me for being, you know, a little uh, a little overly excited about it. We will. We will excuse that. Um, assuming a couple of uh, 112 Dark Knight Rises Batmans are on their way right to the studio. We, of oh, course, will, in and we'll, and we'll echo your enthusiasm. Uh, you know, uh, I, I do want to ask you just offhand real quick, because I'd like to ask this. I'm not a huge toy guy myself. I'm a fan of the properties, and I'm glad that there are... Uh, you know, like grown-up versions of toys that are making a lot of money and keeping the culture alive. But I myself am not that much into toys. So I always ask people who say that they are toy fans, are you the type to open your toys or do you keep them in the box? (laughs) Broad question, but if you can... 
It's a, I, just, I find this is actually a dangerous question, but I'm actually of two minds. I'm not going to lie. I'm a, I'm a mint on card collector. And, and that is mostly due to the fact that I grew up with toys like G.I. Joe and Transformers where the card art and the packaging art was part of the experience. So I would yeah. walk into wherever it was, Woolworths or Toys R Us, and you would see the characters on the cards sitting on the shelves or the pegs, and you would see the character art next to the figure. And that just was always amazing to me. So yeah. when it comes to stuff like that, I like to keep it mint because the package is part of the experience for me, part of the, the reminiscing. Um, but then there are certain things that, that have to be opened. You know whether it's because the packaging is kind of bland. Because let's be honest, a lot of a lot of toy modern toy packaging is not that interesting. Um, or whether it's something that just needs to be played with. Like um, I mentioned, uh, 3A before. I love their stuff. Um, Soul of Chogokin, the the um, diecast line from Bandai that needs to be opened. You got to get your hands on that stuff. Um, so I'm I'm a little of both. My wife hates me because our dining room and our sort of entranceway is completely wall to wall, carded GI Joe figures, but. I eke out space where I can. <laughs> well, I actually found a really interesting thing to do with uh, a Mezco toy. Um, and I did tweet dangerous. these pictures out. I did. I, I believe I tagged you guys on it. So you're going to want to look uh, look through your uh, history on the old uh, Twitter feed. But if you look for it, um, I, um, I, I am actually from the city of Albuquerque. Okay. Um, All right. I've been living in San Diego for, I don't know, 15 years now, but I am born oh, in San Diego. Born heaven. There. Exactly. And so um, last summer, I took the Heisenberg uh, with the black hat and the sunglasses and the black jacket um, figure, the, little, the six inch figure. I took it with right. me to Albuquerque and I took it on a tour of the Breaking Bad sites. And I took pictures of it in front of Breaking Bad low these locales. And oh, the that's pictures, amazing. Dog house and I love. Uh, the dog house in front of Saul's, um, in front of his house, uh, in front of that uh, that weird damn thing off of um, yeah, Montebo. Yeah, where, where the cleaner picked right. them up. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. So if that's you want to see something, these oh, pictures. Oh, you've got to see it. They really, a couple of them, the level of detail that you guys have in that Walter White doll. And then he just used, you know, just the right force perspective to where, you know, unless you spend 15, 20 seconds looking at it, you'll think it is a still of him from the show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys just, very nice. you guys put a lot nice. of care and effort into those details. So it's, uh, it, yeah. it marks a new level of toys. When I grew up playing with toys, there was nothing that came close to that. It, it, it was, Thanks. it was an incredible way for me, almost 40 year old adult male to actually play with toys again, you know, uh, and that could only be done because of the incredible detail, you know, of these uh, particular figures, um, the pose that it's also in, because it, it is a, it's a figure, it's a figurine, or it's a, a what did you call it? A staction figure. A staction figure. It's a, it's a, like it's a statue know, action figure, so... A statue action figure, um, yeah. but it's it's such a general pose that you can put it in different you know kind of different places, and it's so, it's kind of neutral. It's kind of pose neutral, um, right? And, and then, I mean, uh, like like I said before, we like we love articulation as well. We like toys and articulation, but in terms of a figure like that, it didn't seem like it needed you know ball jointed hips and double jointed knees and you know rocker ankles and all that kind of stuff. Not that that would have made it a worse figure, but I don't know that it really would have made it that much enjoyable, that much more enjoyable as a figure. And I can respect that choice as long as next fall you don't roll out 
you know, the Walter White throwing a pizza on the roof action pose <laughs> that I would have to buy for another. As long as you're not trying to milk it, I respect that choice. Well, then you would you would also have to buy the roof and everything else. It would be a yeah. We're actually doing an, an action feature with a little trigger on the back, and his hand's going to toss the pizza up like the old school. <laughs> and then he just launches board. the pizza. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you just sold me action. Okay, I, 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 I will buy that. that new one. All right. I I actually have a couple of bobbleheads right here in front of oh, me. Oh, that's right. That I awesome. set up in anticipation of this from Mezco, both from uh, well, I've got the new These are both Better Comic-Con. Call Saul Comic Con uh, exclusive, exclusive, oh, and right. the uh, Walter White standing on a pile of uh, blue meth with the vomitous awesome. jumpsuit <laughs> right. on, his removable <laughs> glasses, his I mean uncanny glare. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to keep you too much longer. I really appreciate you talking with us, uh, and especially me. I can't speak for Marky because I know he actually is very much a collector mm-hmm. and uh, a, an open the box and keep the box closed yep. type of. Uh, I actually always buy two. Guy. Yeah, a man after my own heart, right there. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then his wife gets angry and he has to keep half of them in my garage. But that's another story. That happens. Uh, and I also Actually, have, speaking uh, of, can I can I store some stuff in your garage too? Because I got I got a <laughs> yeah. bunch of stuff. I can't I can't. I've got to eventually start drawing the line here, unless, <laughs> unless I can open them and play with them from time to time. There is literally no, no. a seven foot tall Darth Vader in here. That's that's where. Oh my! <laughs> that's right. Wow. We're in my garage, filming, taping this now. Because his wife won't allow a seven foot tall Darth Vader in their house. You, you sir, are a very good friend to be storing that for him. All right, but anyway, I wanted to thank you because I am not very much into toys, so it always interests me to uh, understand how this type of mind works because I understand the uh, the fandom, but uh, you know this this part of the culture fascinating to me, and I and I appreciate you taking some time to uh, let me in and help me understand. Right, and it's well, it's reassuring that these properties that we love, uh, Dark Knight, Breaking Bad, you know, we feel that they are in good hands with you guys. So my hat's off to you guys. Love your work. Uh, look forward to The Dark Knight coming out. Looking forward to more Breaking Bad. We got Better Call Saul, Sons of Anarchy. Uh, what else are you guys doing? What else is good? Uh, Mortal Kombat well, is coming Dredd. up this year. Judge Dredd. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good year. All right, year. and we'll big see year. you guys at uh, Comic-Con like every year. There's always a big, a, a really big fat line to get some of these exclusives. And if we see you, if you are in town, please let us know, and we'll buy you a drink or something. Yep. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Right. I appreciate it. Hey, thank know. you so much. And I know you can't say it, so we will. Shame on you, Toys R Us. Oh. You know what we're talking about. <laughs> so, yep. We love Toys R Us. We love them. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's, that's what I meant. That's to what I meant, too. too. I, I, right. I shop there all the time. Thank you so much, Pierre. Appreciate the time, the perspective, and uh, keep making toys because someone's right going to keep playing with them. Thank you. Right on. Thanks, guys. Take care. In the world of the Transformers, nothing is what it seems. Meet the Constructicons, six evil robots that transform into one mechanical giant. The Transformers. Constructicons gift set sold separately from Hasbro. All right. So that, once again, was Pierre Calanzaga of Mezco Toys. And uh, that that little bit at the end where I, where I mentioned Toys R Us, yeah. that was us trying to 
trying to show him some solidarity, even right. though he can't acknowledge it. That's right. Because as we were talking before before the interview, Toys R Us did pull that those toys, even though there are plenty of toys. You go into a Toys R Us right now that are holding a gun instead of a bag of blue crystals. <laughs> Guns are fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's all right. And trippy mushrooms are fine in your video games. Yeah, you know if you want. Yeah, if you will. I guess there's there's lots of examples we can pull out if we want to point at strange hypocrisy. But uh, they did. The, the parents told Toys R Us, "You better take this away." Toys R Us, uh, in the face of anything that makes a newspaper, can't say to parents, "No, you're wrong." Yeah. So, uh, so this woman, uh, a Florida woman, a mom, uh, started an online petition. Uh, to get these toys removed from Toys R Us, and, and uh, probably lots of people heard about this if you follow pop culture at all. Um, so uh, her petition got about 13,000 signatures in three days, so pretty popular. Um, so, of course, they were removed from Toys R Us shelves. Uh, and then uh, a collector in the community that runs one of the bigger toy sites uh, dis- decided to start a petition to tell Toys R Us that adults uh, buy toys, too. So um, his petition in two days got 36,000 signatures. But, of course... By that time, it you know the story had run its time in the news, and no one ever reported on that. And of course, <laughs> Toys R Us doesn't acknowledge anything that isn't in you know the press. So yeah, yeah. they weathered that storm in their thinking. So they're exactly. done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, and um, I remember Aaron Aaron Paul led a pretty aggressive like Twitter campaign against it. You know, Aaron yeah. Paul plays Jesse in uh, Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Cranston, you know, I saw him on uh, CNN. Well, if you yanked page. my action figure, I'd speak up too. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and you know, kind of emasculating, uh, but it does point to something uh, that you know. There's we've danced around the idea that there are these kids for there are toys for kids, right. and there are toys for adults. But we don't want to use the term adult toys because that sounds like a dildo. Right. It's a, it's a funny line. Apparently, there are toys that are so adult that you really shouldn't be selling them to kids. I've and apparently, high. we're going to give the violence a free pass. Uh, you know, I just think it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of the whole. The, just for the sake of the argument, argument, let's not bring that into the quagmire. Well, you know, we did not ask Mezco Toys to come on our program to talk about this particular thing. You know, it is the elephant in the room right now, but we really, really just want to talk about how cool their stuff is. Yeah. Uh, but now that it's kind of out there and kind of floating around, but, you know, I've been shopping at Toys R Us since I was a kid. And, you know, as far as I can remember, they always had like this kind of, um, you know, a section in their stores where the Freddy Kruegers were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, exactly. right, and the Jasons and the you know Frankenstein's and kind of the, the monsters and things like that. And yes, it was an adult toy section, but not it's toys for adults. See, it's really yeah, hard it's, to say. They have it's, taken the vernacular. Collectible. Uh, yes, it's an adult, adult collector. Yes, adult collectible toys, um, and they are they tend and just like we talked about in that interview um you know they can kind of trade in articulation for or 
they can trade in play you know playability for you know accuracy or sculpting or things like that because mm-hmm. you know we're not going to really be playing with these toys we're right. going to put them up and we're going to kind of display them and things like that so um but there was a there's a clear section in Toys R Us where these are right yeah 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 they're not interspersed there's a definite adult oriented toy section uh, see, even when you said that, yeah. I got a picture of a dildo. And now, if you now, <laughs> let's just talk about this particular Breaking Bad figure. Um, if you were to go to a Toys R Us to a Toys R Us shelf two months ago, three months ago, and you wanted to buy the Walter White Heisenberg Mezco figure, if you were to look at the shelf, you, I swear to you, do not see a blue crystal meth bag. Mm. It's oh, hidden behind the cardboard. You don't see it. You have to look, you have to open the package to be able to see it. So this particular parent allowed their child to buy a Breaking Bad figure only to open I it. I don't believe this child see. has a job. This parent bought. That's what I just said. They, they didn't allow a child to buy. This parent well, decided to buy for this child. A Breaking Bad figure and opened it, and then a little blue bag of meth came out of it. But the meth is not on display. You don't even see If you don't even know it's in there, you don't see it. I, you do not see it. I, I have this figure. Um, you do not see this little you know, bag of meth. Slick, do you have this figure? Have you ever seen it? I, I don't have it, but I, I did look at it because I was really interested when it first came out. But the whole thing is she didn't buy the toy. It says that it comes with it on the packaging. <laughs> okay. And, so if you read the it, packaging. Yeah, and, it, and it's not necessarily that that's the accessory. It's that they're selling a drug dealer, you know, something yeah. that if you don't watch this show, it looks like it's um, – What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Exploiting? No, like it's glorifying drug selling. You know, if you don't watch the show, if you don't see that actually it's really sad how his life, you know, just goes to shit because of spoilers that. though though i would say if <laughs> if this florida woman's child let's just pick a number let's say the child is 11 years old i would not put an 11 year old down in front of a dvd player with all the seasons of breaking bad even if the child watched it it wouldn't mean the same thing it is an adult oriented show right which is not to say there are boobs and dildos not at all. But if you make a toy out of it, it will be an adult-oriented toy. And it doesn't move. They're not going to play with this thing. It's not, yeah. a, it's not an action figure. Mm. I mean, it's like this thing has like the – it's like the most perfect scenario of just complete overblown misunderstanding. Yeah. You know, like it's just – there's just no need for any of this. And, yeah. you know, Toys R Us – and, again, I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan. I'm – you know, it's one of the few places. I am, I, and I understand they were in a tough spot too. There, you yeah. know, I I get it, I guess, but you know, I think a lot of times you just kind of you gotta you gotta stand up for your consumer a little bit. Now, um, you know, dedicate a a section to us if you have to keep it in the back, like where you keep the 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 
the good Robotussin if you're at a drugstore. <laughs> you know, if, if you have to if you have to keep it where the cigarettes are, okay, go ahead, put it back there. But you know, like where they put all the video games. That's stuff. where the video games are. They're all locked. I mean, yeah. you have to have. It's one of those things where you need the receipt and you got to go up to the guy. It's got to be there. Go it's the key and go get it. Which even almost seems like I'm not looking for Toys R Us to have you know pulled like a like a Charlie Hebdo reaction, like, no, in the face of censorship, we will sell nothing but big bags of blue methamphetamines. <laughs> right, I wasn't I looking that. for that. <laughs> I understand that they're in a spot, but there could have been a compromise. And I don't know, because it was never released into the into the media that was reporting the story, if Toys R Us only pulled it from the shelves, but you could still get it at ToysRUs.com. Or if they ever said any one encouraging word about the product that they had already agreed to sell or not, the entire story I heard was Toys R Us immediately backs off when Florida Mother gets a petition. That is kind of how it went. Yeah. yeah. And that and if that is the true narrative, then shame on them for that. And if it isn't, they should have been more vocal about saying this is why we made the decision. Yeah. Well, and you know what? If they don't want to be a part of it, fine. I mean, we have, there's plenty of avenues that we can get these toys. Absolutely right. But for the sake of appearance, they should have come out and said, we don't want to be a part of it because, well, duh. But yeah. they should have at least acknowledged that. And from what I heard, they just said, oh, okay, never mind. We're going to pull that off the shelf. Right. Well, and you know what? It's like, you know, that little blue bag of meth. It's a total choking hazard for anybody under five years of age. Yeah. Not you to know, mention you gonna... barely get off because it literally <laughs> is a little the size hit, of yeah. half a dime. <laughs> uh, I mean, a physical dime. It's... It's. Uh, I bet you could fit like 200 of those on a single sprue. But now, hey, <laughs> toy call. Back. There you go. Let's talk about something a little bit happier when it comes to Mezco, and that's that I did take the Mezco figure on a little tour. Uh, Slick, did you see the images that I put up on Twitter uh, of the figure in uh, famous Breaking Bad locales in Albuquerque? Yes, I did see that. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was awesome. All we right. did the same thing when we were there for Balloon Fiesta. But don't like a good taken force perspective picture like that with those toys. That's that's an ad for Mezco. That's absolutely. They put yeah. that up. Yeah. And the and the and the shots. I want you to put them back up on the site when I'm this episode comes up. Uh, attach it to this. But it it, it that points to from from sideshow. To Hot Toys, to uh, Mezco, to Mezco, which is I'm not going to say a step down, but they're high typically end. they're still high end adult, and they're six Flexible. inch typically and very articulated. Quite a lot of them. Yeah. We move we're, we're moving further away from what only adults would buy just to display these statues. Yeah, that, now, that even is not a huge fan of. But but then then we get into kind of the realm of sprukets. Right, right. Something that's been big in Japan for a while, and we are, we already did mention them, uh, and at least as much in the fact that uh, that Slick taught us that sprues is something else. are those plastic trees <laughs> that uh, that all the model parts come in when, right. when you buy any kind of model that you put together. Well, the sprukin toys. I know I would I would not have figured that out on my own. <laughs> so thanks again, Slick. My pleasure, my Did pleasure. You? But uh, we we were at Comic Con. We were at Comic Con this past summer, and just wandering around, hitting up booths, and we found the Sprukets booth. Yeah. It was kind of late in the day. We were already kind of dazed and half out of it, but 
it looked pretty cool. It looked like they, he had a bunch of boxes, which turned out to be empty, uh-huh. up at his booth because the toys had not been released in the U.S. yet. Right. He still managed to get a booth in time, just not the toys. So this poor guy had to show up just to pitch a concept that he had no physical proof of yep. and hand out some T-shirts. Anyway, the idea kind of tickled us because apparently, and this is what he explained to us, these are its its exact mix between an action figure and a model. Right. Uh, exactly. You buy a, a flat box with all of these plastic pieces. Sprues. On sprues. Right. You take them out, and just like putting together that 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 model of a Ferrari right. back in middle school that you got halfway through. Only these don't have glue. And then ran out of glue, right. mysteriously. <laughs> you dropped all the glue. Uh, it's the exact same thing, but you put it together without glue, by the right. way. These are all snap-tight. Which figures. really makes yeah. a difference, because when you're done, what you've got is an actual, fully articulated, posable action figure. Yeah. And they're awesome. So you've got a model at first, and then once you've finished, you've got a toy. Right. Great idea, and the more I say this out loud, the more Japanese it sounds, but I still like it. <laughs> but anyway, we talked to the guy. We said, well, that sounds really awesome. When are we going to be able to play with this? He's like, well, we're not quite sure. We're doing, doing legal stuff. Give me your information, and uh, here I'll give you some free T-shirts. Yeah, T-shirts work great, by the way. I love it. They're very soft. I do like the T-shirt. Cotton. <laughs> it's an awesome it's, T-shirt. You know, very stretchy. It's, it's my favorite powder nice blue. nice powder blue yeah. color with a weird saying that you can wear to the grocery store, and everyone's going to look at it, and at least as of now, almost it, no one's going to know. Have you sprued today? Sprue kids? Sprue kids. <laughs> so, so anyway, we eventually, months and months later, got a phone call or an email or I don't know. No, I contacted them. And then I said, hey. Let's talk about this stuff. And they sent us a couple of kits that we put together. And um, That's right. We had a little contest. We did. You finished. He about, came over to the right. studio. I, I did. I wasn't going to brag, but, yes, I beat Marky. Yep. I was putting together uh, the Batman from Arkham City. Right. Marky got, uh, what Superman were you doing? This is from uh, the Man of Steel, Henry Cavill. The, the Henry Cavill one? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And we put them together. I won. Uh, yep. Time of just under forty-five minutes, I think. They were you were a lot quicker at it, and you, I think you actually had more pieces. I don't know what it is. I think you could. Well, I think I think, I think you just sprued a lot better than I did. Ah, I sprued like no one's business. <laughs> I sprued to the Himalayas, but actually, and I, also I think you had decals for which uh, I never Superman. put on though until just now. Oh, yeah. so you were cheating? Anyway, no, I didn't. Need, so. Well, I just thought let's just keep it into this into what we could snap together, but. Um, you know, I was always also just kind of having fun. You know, I was like, Superman going to get together. And then I would like snap the pieces together and then, you know, which was cool. You know, it was a lot of fun. You know, it would take days or weeks as a kid putting a model together and be very difficult. This, as soon as you get an idea of what you're doing, boom, you're snapping pieces together. Half hour. It took us, I think, 45 minutes was about the average time. Like 44 for me and like 48 for you. Right. And that's also learning how the pieces work together. You know, like the second one I do, maybe I'm 15 minutes, you know, because I know how to take them off the I don't think I want to go much faster, though, because there is a lot of fun in putting it together, knowing that you're going to get a toy in the end. Yeah. Anyway, we we you you reach back out to them. They sent us these kits, right. and the day they got here, we scheduled an interview with them. That's right. And we just in the nick of it because we were like, eh, 
You know what? We're we're full grown adults. <laughs> we can put them together. It's going to take us about nine, ten minutes. We were racing the clock. You were actually, you actually started talking. I was to the him. only yeah. one who finished, and Mark was still across the uh, the studio. Yeah. We got a hold of Craig Dobry, who uh, works with Bandai, the uh, toy company. And this is a toy company, not a studio, Bandai. This is a company. Right? That's big. They do uh, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Besides Sprukets, but yeah. And uh, uh, they're bringing the Sprukets brand, which has been really big in Japan, apparently, brought it over here. And uh, it just started coming out in September, I think, uh, levels one and two. And then he mentioned this this past October, level three finally came yeah, out. Yeah. These are like the difficulty scale. Exactly. Big in Japan. Apparently they're always so. ahead of us. I just was really impressed. And so thank them for kind of sending this out, man, because this, yeah. this is a lot of fun. It was, it was good to know you. Yeah. Because as with all toys that I've had as an adult, I really just haven't really played with it now. But... You and I spent a very fun 45 minutes together making our own toys. Yes, and we talked and we kind of bonded. Yeah, we had a little bit of tea, we ate, we <laughs> prayed, we lived. It was awesome. Okay, so, yeah. But, yeah, uh, let's talk to Craig Debris because this is a man who is bringing an already successful product into the American marketplace. He's got some great IPs. He's got a lot of money behind him. And if nothing else, we can also help be a, I guess, free drug. And uh, this was recorded in probably August. This was, uh, I think, uh, mid September. This okay. was after. Uh, well, after Comic Con. In fact, it was once we did this interview. We said, "Ooh, let's do a toy show." It, this and was the catalyst. Yes, it has right. taken us until January to finish. Well, I think our intention was to use this for the Comic Con show, but that's another story. Yes, it doesn't matter. This is this is meant to happen. This yeah. is happening. By the way, that Comic Con show probably coming this March. <laughs> it's not going. <laughs> <laughs> we have covered that to death. Anyway, uh, this is the toy that even a lot of you hardcore collectors haven't heard of, even if you're familiar with the concept, such as Slick might be. Uh, Sprukets. We were hoping to make them as you know the Kleenex of, uh, <laughs> of model toy building, model action figures, model. Uh, at, wait. Tell me again what exactly the term is. It's written on the box. It's the posable figural model kit. Posable figural model kits. Take it away. Okay. Actually, they probably could have written that better. (laughs) Too late. It's already printed up on millions of boxes, so that's what we're going with. Magic interview machine. Take us to Craig Dobris from Sprukits and Bandai. Yeah, yeah. Okay, everybody. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm Grim Shea. This is Marky, e, and we're talking to Craig from Sprukits. If you haven't heard of them, you will soon. These are uh, not models. They're not toys, but they are models, and they are toys. They're all of that. They are technically, I believe, posable, figural model kits. But in the end, you've got an action figure. Yes, that is it. You've done all my job. I don't have to keep talking. But, uh, yeah, the whole idea behind it was getting kids building model kits again. And, you know, construction and building has been very popular among kids and adults uh, over the last several years that we just wanted to give people the opportunity to build a better end result. Um, So it's, you know, there's lots of stuff out there that you build in. It looks great, but it looks like a block. Uh, Now you can build something, and the end result looks like Batman, or it looks like Master Chief, or it looks like Achilles from LBX. Um, and it looks like a great-looking action figure with a tremendous amount of articulation and posability. Yeah, exactly. These aren't these are when you're done. They are action figures. I'm I'm playing with my uh, my Batman from Arkham City yep, that Arkham I City. just uh, built with my own two hands. I I absolutely love it. This is the first time that I'm actually seeing that 
that particular model. And yeah, it very it's got a lot of the uh a lot of his gear he seems really like kinda armed to the teeth, you know, he's really kind of big and kinda man thing. So he looks great. Uh one of the things that I was actually telling Greer was that I don't have a lot of experience doing models. Um and the reason why is because once you finish with them, they just stay there. <laughs> you don't do anything with them. So when you're a kid, uh, you know, I need a little bit more action, you know. Um, and this thing just kind of, you know, I think it, it does just kind of take it into another level. Is this the first of its kind, or have you seen this in the past? Well, Bandai has been making uh, figural model kits for over 30 years. It's most typically known for the Gundam franchise, and it's the same development team and factories that we use that have been making Gundam for all these years and have been innovating the production of it that are now making sprue kits, and we just brought some more Western-friendly IP to it so that we could uh, we could bring it here. Um, so short answer is we've been making it for years, but this is really a, a first introduction of, of Western-friendly IP um, to uh, to bring to this market to, to get kids building again and get kids building model kits because it hasn't been fun and there haven't been a lot of uh, figural-type executions, most of what there's traditionally model kits or planes or cars or maybe ships, um, and it tends to be a little more niche, harder to do, a lot of paint, a lot of glue, a lot of mess. You build it, it never looks like it did on the on the box, but uh, yeah. we say if you put in the time to build it, yours will look like it does on the box. Yeah, we like to say uh, a yoga level of articulation because <laughs> uh, it, it varies a little bit by, by character, but uh, you've got breaks at the ankles, in some cases the feet, the knees, uh, the hips, obviously, a couple places at the, the wrist the elbows, so um, we haven't actually counted them them all up, uh, and even the level threes really are um, pretty insane as far as the uh, levels of articulation that you can get out of there and, and, and the posability that you can get from it. Yeah, you you mentioned the level threes there, so uh, so we, we just did a couple level twos. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Mark, if you felt like you could have taken a little more challenge. Well, it, it, it took me about five minutes just to get a good process down. I think I could... I could probably pump out a level two now in about half the time because uh, from my first couple of pieces that I put together, they took the longest. And then after I kind of got a kind of a rhythm going, I kind of figured out that use this big, beautiful map that they give you this. You can you can fold it out. The pieces that are on the uh, on on this on this uh, map, I guess are roughly the same size as the pieces that you see. And I was just breaking them out of the little plastics and putting them on <laughs> right on top of the picture of the piece. And so once I got that done, the assembly was very was really easy because I didn't have to worry about the orientation so much. So I completely created a process on my first one that I think I could uh, uh, rally into a level three. So, yes, I could totally handle a level three. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I was a little intimidated pulling all the pieces out. Uh, and then once I got into it, I said, ooh, I, I kind of wish this was a much bigger piece now. I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. mind spending a couple of hours on this. Um, so, hey, what's the uh, price point for Spruce Kits Level 1, Level 2, Level 3? Yeah, so the Level 1s are about 30 to 40 pieces. Uh, you can build a 4-inch figure with some articulation on it. It'll be nine ninety nine. The level twos are between 90 and 120 pieces, depending on it, uh, on the figure. Uh, take about 60 to 90 minutes, although it sounds like uh, Grim got it knocked down in about 45 minutes. Yep, uh, those will be 19.99. And then the level threes, which will be coming out in October, you build a great-looking nine-inch figure. It's about 160 to 170 pieces, and those will be uh, 54.99. Wow. 
Wow. Well, you know, and I'm a big uh, collector. I spend several hundred dollars on figures <laughs> per year. Uh, 20, 20 bucks for a figure with this much interaction and this this much fun, I think, is more than reasonable. This is a highly recommended piece. Um, not sure if you guys had a chance to talk about this yet, but uh, one of the reasons why we had um, had asked you to come on the show was because we attended Comic-Con this year. And as we were kind of going through the exhibit hall, we were looking for um, just something that kind of um, not only impressed us, but that was um, new, different, and challenging. Uh, and it kind of broke down between yours, and there was another kind of fun, it was the uh, Walking Dead one. I forget what that was called. Um, the, the little tiny kids. Oh, oh, the little yeah, like the self-built model set. Right. Yeah. So build the models. Right. The so there's there actually seems to be like a movement towards really um, diving into that assembly. You know, uh, more of an actionable process of like you have to earn your toy a little bit. Um, did that kind of start with you guys? Is that something that you felt was just kind of necessary? Are you are you trying to educate, you know, what's your, <laughs> what's the play here? Are we taking jobs from sweatshop <laughs> children? What is your motive, it, sir? The play, why am I here? Uh, the, the play is really build and, and pose. I think that our motivation was, again, the kids really like constructing and, and adults also like constructing and, and building and creating something because there are lots of fans like yourselves that are big action figure collectors. And what you talk about when you say something, it's, you know, I bought this, you know, I got this yeah. at this show. And But when you build a model kit, I made this, I created this, uh, and I did this, and I expressed it, you know, myself or and created some great pose on my own. And, and there's a great deal of pride. And, and satisfaction of completing it and then showing off what, what you do um, that really excited us about the, the play in general and that we thought that uh, consumers would get really excited about. It, has there been a, uh, a movement to customize these kits? Have you, have you seen them? Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm here thinking, I'm like, I could probably make a little silk for this thing. You know, I mean, do, <laughs> do you have any, you know, fans that are kind of taking it to the next level? Uh, it's literally just starting to hit retailers in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's uh, at Toys R Us and Kmart and Target and Amazon. So we haven't seen a whole lot of customization. I'm expecting it's going to come, knowing just even the culture of Gundam fans out there right now that are customizing. Um, so I'm expecting that it'll happen. But like I said, we tried to make a great product that'll look great on its own and is very accessible. It, but it, it will happen. It will happen naturally. Absolutely. Uh, tell us a little bit about the properties that uh, that you uh, represent. So uh, we've got three main properties that we're launched with. So we've got DC Comics. Um, so we've got a variety of different Batman, Superman, Jokers that are that are filtered throughout them, and we kind of looked at it as you know level ones being entry level for kids. So as far as DC Comics goes, we picked. Um, versions of the comic book versions of those characters, and then level twos being a little bit older, um, took more of the video game and movie versions of uh, Batman and Superman, and then level three will be with the, the video game again, so Arkham Knight. Uh, next one is Halo, and so we know that the Microsoft Halo fans are, are huge, um, but we also know they're not as young, so we actually started at just a level two with Master Chief, Sarah Palmer, 
uh, and Gabriel Thorne, and then at level three we'll have a Master Chief coming out. And then there's a new TV series called LBX, Little Battlers Experience, that just started on Nicktoons this past weekend. It's a very big uh, programming show from Japan that came over here. It was a huge uh, model kit, sprue kits business for Bandai in Japan. They're bringing it over here, so we've got some great characters such as Achilles and Emperor and Deku uh, and Hunter from that show. Uh, in the level twos and in the level ones, um, but we've got a huge universe of of, uh, of characters to play with from that show that we'll be coming out with over the years. So we've got three great uh, pro- properties to, to work with from the start, all of which have great fans, fan support, uh, as well as depth of characters to play with. So we're excited about it. That you know, I like to lovingly say we've got robots covered, we've got army men covered, and we've got guys in tights covered. So we've sort of hit a little <laughs> bit of everything. <laughs> Is, is that were, were those difficult uh, IPs to get? I mean, the uh, like DC seems like a big deal to me, but I mean, for all I know, Bandai has had a long relationship with them or right. something. But it seems like if you're going to put out a new toy and you do it with a Batman or a Superman behind it, you're off to a good start. It, it was definitely it was one we were excited about. With Bandai's had a relationship with Warner Brothers over the years, and and what worked in our favor, actually, in the case of all three. IPs was there were people on the licensing side that were familiar with Gundam and the Gundam play. And so when we walked in, we said, hey, we want to do, you know, postable figural model kits like Gundam. They're like, got it. Uh, let's do it. That sounds like a great idea, and this would be a great way for, you know, fans to interact with, with our characters. Uh, and some of the other uh, IPs and, and licenses that we approached, like, yeah, they didn't know Gundam weren't as, as excited about it, but now that they've seen what we've produced, there's a lot more people coming to us. So, um, we have a tremendous depth of, of characters to work with within the properties we're working with, but I think we'll have more opportunities in the future as well. Did you did you basically have to turn down some characters you wanted to do because they were too colorful? I mean, you know, work you know, Superman and Batman, you it's get some all, black, some all, gray, some red, some, some blue some and a little and a little skin tone yeah. in a couple pieces. But if you were doing Spider Man or something like that, that seems pretty daunting. Yeah. It's for the ones we've got were the ones we wanted. It just naturally uh, worked out very well for us. I think that when we go forward and look at things, that's definitely a, a part of our process of figuring out what's the best way to execute it. Because you're right, a Spider-Man, as an example, has a tremendous amount of intricate detail as far as um, the spider web across his chest and those types of things. And without painting it and without having a sticker across the whole thing, it would be harder to to execute again. So we haven't had to fall into that challenge yet, but uh, someday we'll we'll probably, it'll factor into our decision-making process because, like I said, at the end of the day, we want a a great-looking action figure. Well, I give you guys, I mean, having put together numerous IKEA pieces, give you guys (laughs) a lot of credit on your instructions, on your detail. You don't need that stupid little tool. You know, like it's... It was two or three times while we were doing this, Mark, popped his head up and said, this is the way Ikea should do it. It's right here. <laughs> I was also saying, this is a lot of fun. Yes. Yes. I actually said that like twice to him. <laughs> I was like, this is really fun and really cool to do. Uh, cannot say enough just awesome, sweet things about these sprukits um, made by Bandai, right? Bandai? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just this thing's, this thing's wonderful. Um, we can get them at Toys R Us, Walmart's, where at? 
Toys R Us, Target, Kmart, Amazon. Uh, there'll be lots of comic book shops. It was Diamond Comics that we worked with at Comic Con, um, so they're working on getting it out to local comic book shops and collector shops as well. Um, but as far as the, the big guys go, that's that's uh, what I mentioned. And like I said, they're literally starting to hit shelves right now. Well, and my collector buddies would kill me if I didn't ask anything like an exclusive coming out, you know, anything limited edition. Any any plans? Uh, at this point, we're we're just uh, putting out what we've got, but I think somewhere down the road, at places like Comic Con or some others, um, and and with some of the retailers, we'll be doing some exclusive stuff. Uh, but at this point, we're trying to to get the brand up and running and getting kids uh, and adults excited about the Spruce Kids experience. Well, it's uh, it's fun to say, I think, and it was the name that initially brought us over when we were at Comic Con. I think I was trying to say it because I couldn't I couldn't quite tell. From a distance, I said, "Sprookets, Sprucks, Sprookles, come here, come look at this." And that's how that's how we got sucked into it. So you did good with that. Yeah. Oh, and uh, best shirt of Comic Con goes to Sprookets. I look great in that color. Uh, so uh, thank you oh, so nice. much. Yeah, I knew blue was your color. Shirt. I'm happy you worked. <laughs> oh, it was uh, such a such an awesome time there. Cool. Yeah, yeah we I, had a uh, lot of fun. I mean, Comic Con's a crazy experience, as you know. So we had a lot of fun uh, just interacting with with fans who were a lot of times just seeing it for the first time, and they're like, "What is this? How are we done?" People trying to buy my empty boxes. I'm like, "I want to buy it." I'm like, but "That's an empty box. I'm sorry. It'll be available soon." <laughs> it's such a. That's what. Yeah, I, I think we were given a line like that by you. I just, we were like, "Well, can we play with? Can we take and have one?" <laughs> No, they're not. They're not out yet. Take this T-shirt. Run away. Yeah. All right. Well, you're, you're off to a good start. So, and everyone, everyone out there, Sprukits, S-P-R-U-K-I-T-S. You Google that, and you can you can get one. Everything's on the internet. If you're doing a little impulse buying at the uh, Toys R Us or uh, Walmart or down at uh, perhaps your local comic book shop, you might even see them on the shelf. Uh, if nothing else, grab one of those level ones. Spend 20 minutes of your day, 15 if you're an actual functioning adult, I'm sure. <laughs> and Or better better yet, put one together with your kid. You have all these cool toys. You're probably not letting them touch them. This is something you guys can do together and have a lot of fun. And after you put it together, that's the experience. And then the kid can go and uh, play with it. So yeah. that's good. And and as he breaks it, it will be very easy to put it back together. And that's <laughs> another big, yeah. I never but, thought about that, yeah. yeah. So you found out that Superman is not indestructible, but he has some <laughs> <No>. limits. <laughs> but, but he is very forgiving, and that's another thing. This, if you want forgiving action figures, this is a good one. You're gonna, oh yeah, I don't think Superman has ever made that pose. <laughs> we're doing this. It's getting worse. Yeah, right. I'm glad you I'm can't glad see this it. Glad this is You're gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Uh, thank you for letting us enjoy the magic that is Sprukets. And I cannot wait to get my nine-inch level three Master Chief now. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually pretty stoked about that. Meanwhile, it's Ewok Village. I must see my friends. Let's set. I'll get them. Dear me, what a close call! It's C-3PO, New Logray, and Ewok Village playset. Action figures, each sold separately. You have to put it together. I'm Logray, the Ewok Medicine Man. Take me to your leader. Your throne, O oh Golden King, will celebrate with special stew, a barbecue. No celebration for me until my friends are free. Very well, Your Majesty. 
Ewok Village playset from Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Action figures sold separately. New from Kenner. And that was uh, Craig Dobers from Bandai. Spruikits coming soon to all of those places I talked about. And if uh, you weren't listening to hear where they were, shame on you. <laughs> Stop skipping ahead. Just Google it. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. All there. Spruikits. S-P-R-U-K-I-T-S. Yeah, I'll have something on our website, com. You can check that out, too. And I'll be tweeting and twatting. You know, and which is a good thing because I spend a lot of my time online at mattyPradio.com. And when I'm not there, I find myself at OpenYourToys.com. That's right. Who's, who runs that joint? Who's doing that? Well, I guess you could say it used to be me. We haven't updated it in quite a while. Uh, we have a... Uh, we have a toddler McFavorite in the house now that seems to be consuming all available time. Oh, God, I hear they're even tougher than baby McFavorites. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. My wife, that's one of her favorite things when she talks about kids. She's like, newborns are nothing. Like, you know, I, I think you get scared as a new parent about babies, and the baby phase is like the cake phase. It's once they can... <laughs> talk and run around and climb on things. All right. Your wish list. What's coming up? What's on? What would you want to be on Slick McFavorite's radar in the ideal world? Well, and what's funny is I still do all, I don't do like formal show notes, but I still save all the articles because I have this like pipe dream that we will come back someday. Um, so I, I actually have, have very concise answers for this. So <laughs> um, our our show kind of broke things down into different sections uh, for each toy brand. So um, for Star Wars right now, I'm, I'm really excited. Mark mentioned it about the new uh, Black Series 6-inch uh, Hoth, uh, Hoth Han and the Tauntaun, Hoth Luke and the, and the Wampa. It's, it's my favorite scene from probably all of the movies. And so to have both of those beasts and both of those characters in that scale is going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Would you go for blue or brown? Uh, I'm a blue coat guy myself. I, I understand the argument for the brown coat, but I, I, I am the toy I had when I was, yep. I was a kid is the de facto standard. Yeah, there you go. Um, you guys want to? You got you. It sounds like, and this is kind of a recurring motif now, but it sounds like you collectors. I don't mean to say you're a different class of people or anything, but you too, you collectors are trying to buy the same toys that you had. You want to see what it's today's world, yeah. the the grown-up world offers that, you know, that corresponds with what you had as children. Exactly. Yeah, I mean all all of those subsets I talked about are all my favorite things that I collected as a kid too. Um, so, uh, so Masters of the Universe, this is the last year for the classics brand of Masters of the Universe. So they're promising to get us all vintage Masters of the Universe figures by the end of this year and to be done with the major A-list, uh, uh, She-Ra characters. So if people don't know, She-Ra is He-Man's sister. 
and theirs was a girls-based action figure line from the 80s. Good looking. Yeah, lots of crossover, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, Hordak is, if you know Hordak from He-Man, Hordak is actually She-Ra's villain. She's right. the equivalent of Skeletor, but there was so much crossover that, you know, guys collect those as well. Uh, so we're going to be getting a lot of, like, the really obscure ones they've waited for till last to get out. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, uh Transformers right now is doing something that is so in my wheelhouse that it's going to cost me so much money. They have a crossover event going on with the Transformers comic that's out right now and the toys that are going to be coming out uh, called Combiner Wars. And so if you were ever a fan of Transformers, probably one of your favorite things was what they called combiners. And it's five individual robots that join together and make one giant robot. The Constructicons, right? Yeah, so Constructicons, aerial bots. um, The dinosaur ones? uh, Predaking? Yeah, Predaking, which were like the animals. And Uh so they have tons of them. And so right now they are going to be going into a story about that in the comic. And at the same time, the toys are going to be releasing. So they're all new updated versions of like the aerial bots, the jet combining team. Um, something that was just leaked yesterday was that they're doing a devastator combiner where, uh, it's going to be the largest combiner ever made officially. Uh, so it's a leader class core robot because they always had a bigger core robot and smaller limbs. So it'll be a leader class. So the biggest figure they make right now as the core and then Voyagers, which are the next size down, which Voyagers are probably a good eight inches tall and the leaders are closer to 10 to 12 inches. So if you can imagine that all combined, how big it's going to be, they're doing that in a box set for the Constructicons and the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive is going to be, so they were green and then they repainted them later on to yellow. So it's a generation two Constructicons devastator box set for San Diego Comic-Con this year. In yellow or in green? Yeah, in yellow. In yellow. The green, okay. Yeah, the green that, will be standard release. Yeah. See, I remember even as a kid wondering why they were green when Tonka trucks were yellow. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so finally, when, they fixed it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, they were they were green and purple. I remember them. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's got me super excited in Transformers. Like, I I am a combiner fanatic. It's one of the things I focus on. I have almost every vintage combiner besides some very rare, you know, $1,000 combiners that were primarily released in Japan. So I'm... Well, why wouldn't you be excited? It's like getting one robot for the price of five. You still pay the price of five. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah, you're still paying for all five. 
Right. I, I'm yeah. That's this. This actually this is the first that I have heard about this, and yeah, I'm pretty excited about that because again, I did have, I had the constructor bots or the constructor cons. I had those. I remember that one. Um, and yeah, if I'm going to keep with my, you know, collection of transformers, I guess I'm going to have to get this thing. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen, listening at home. That was the compulsive mind of a collector. <laughs> well, working I, I do right remember, in front of you. I do remember watching. I remember you know being all into the cartoon and you know having the toys when I was a kid. The in in my mind, the Constructicons came out in the same episode as the Dinobots, and they were kind of like the counterparts of each other. I, and I think you're right. Am I correct on that, Slick? It, they, it wasn't the same episode, but it was. But they did play them as uh, um, rivals. Right? Exactly, rivals. That's a perfect yeah. word. Yeah. So yeah. anytime yeah. Devastator would be the oh, so the Dinobots were made to compete with Devastator. I so see. it may have been in the same episode, but but they're like they were. Autobots are getting their butt kicked by Devastator. They're like, hey, let's make these really big robots. Yeah. It might might have been one of those, like, four-episode arc ones. Yeah, maybe so. It's just, it's all over right. the But, yeah, that sounds yeah. the same to me, like, when we waited for the, the new season or whatever to come out. And for those really, of you out there that can get right. we're going to go buy all these toys. I know, and it was, it was, I mean, it was such a great time to buy toys. It was in that 80s era, which is what Open Your Toys covers. I mean, yeah. I had He-Man. I had G.I. Joe. I had Transformers. I had a lot of Star Wars. This is my childhood, or those toys. It's kind of similar yeah. to that, to the whole prism. Toys, 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 toys. That's right. We did good yeah. today. To, to paraphrase uh, the Grinch. Uh, wow. I've I've learned a little something, although it still seems as fascinating as I find the idea of collecting. And I'm again now I'm scared to use the term adult toys, but toys we buy as adults right. that are not dildos. Adult trademark. Collector. <laughs> adult collector. Exactly. You're, you're really See now that just sounds like a serial killer. You're you're really stuck on this dildo thing. I, I, <laughs> I know. As soon as someone brings up dildos, that's all I think about. No, when you say adult toys, that's what you, that's what I think about too. I mean, that's <laughs> it's weird. You yeah. Know? Like if you go to an adult toy store, that's mm-hmm. a porno. A dildo or a French tickler, <laughs> perhaps a cock ring. <laughs> but, perhaps. But I think it is its own deserving. Uh, I don't even want to say niche because I think it's so large and such a, well, it's its own self-sustaining economy in a lot of ways. Uh, But I think that our culture, our pop culture, our Comic-Con culture, our growing up in the 80s and 90s, those of us who are now adults but still enjoy this, I think that the collecting, you know, it, it, it doesn't put a price on it, but it does put a value on it on the sense that, yeah, of course these toys are going to sell for that much money to adults specifically to not be played with because they mean that much to us as adults now. Yeah. Even if I'm not the one shelling out the money, I love the fact that people are. Yeah. The guys like you, Marquis, guys like you, Slick, guys like you at home, girls like you at home are willing to be collectors because the nostalgia is more than just Remember the good old days. It's this is part of the life I want to live the rest of my being on this planet. 
yeah, we 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 adore these things, you know. Yeah. And uh, when somebody can really appreciate this and and kind of funnel all that passion into, you know, this this art, this real this this piece of art, you know, this, mm-hmm. this amazing work. And it it's not just one person. Yes, one is one is designing, one is sculpting, one is one is getting it approved, one is getting it marketed, one is getting painted, one is getting it, you know, and so on and so on and so on. Um, it's just an amazing accomplishment. And, uh, you know, it's it validates all the care and, you know, admiration that we share for these particular properties. And yeah. we're glad that there because are people out there that are talented. they be able to do that unless we were going to pay them for it. Exactly. And we pay them right. So they can make a living doing this. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, I'm looking right now at my sideshow Batman premium format figure. And uh, for those of you at home, ever since we unboxed it, he has not stopped looking at it. It is gorgeous. <laughs> Did you notice the glossy eyes on Michael Keaton here? I mean, it's, it's amazing. yeah, hypnotic. I know. It's but. just amazing. This thing is amazing. Uh, so anyway, yeah, this is awesome. This has been a great show. Yeah, toys. They are not just what you play with now. I don't know. <laughs> I was hoping I would stumble into a good line to end this with, but might not get better than that. But I think the sentiment is right. Yeah, it's there. I mean, the two of you have have educated me again. Every time we sit down and talk like this, I learn a little something about the value of these things that we hold. So, Slick, thank you very much. And don't forget that the all-new One Hour Venture Brothers special premieres on Monday, January 19th. That's right. Don't forget that, Slick. And anyone listening at home, it is... All this and Gargantua 2, and trust me, as a Venture Brothers fan, I'm not going to spoil it, but this is pretty much all exposition. They're setting the stage for a much different story arc series coming up in the eventual upcoming Venture Brothers season. Uh, there's not going to be a whole lot of laughs. It is. It still does have its comedy. It's good, its and, moments, and it's really But impressive. they pack almost every single still living character in the show into this, you know, forty-two minute episode, yeah, and awesome. they change the game. And you can get your I, God. It's killing me not to spoil it. So everybody, spoil. watch it Monday because I'm going to start talking about it just with a megaphone on Tuesday. Do that. Uh, <laughs> don't forget to get your Venture Brothers sheets. It's on uh, As Seen on Adult. As Seen on AdultSwim.com. 50, 50 bucks. bucks. 300 <laughs> thread count. You honestly... What's the math on you, that? You would buy... Time? You would spend that or maybe even about another $10, $15 for non-Venture Brother 300 uh, thread count sheets. So don't be an idiot. Buy the Venture Brother one. <laughs> That's right. You're going you're gonna to pay that much anyway. You yeah. might as well have a little fun with your sheets, and especially if you don't have anybody to share them with you. Yeah, have, have, have a loan fund with your sheets. That's okay, too. All right. All right, Slick. Would you like to leave us with any words of wisdom as our toy guru on, on this, our Open Your Toys edition of Saturday Morning Serial? Because I love having you. Um, I will quote one of my favorite uh, uh, fortune cookies. So when it comes to toy collecting and everything in your life, it's everything in moderation, including moderation. Ah. Ooh, that's pretty good. That gives you an out to just... Eventually, <laughs> lose your lose your you lose your job, lose your family, die on the street, surrounded by Voltron figures. As long as you got a smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go play with my toys. 
Yeah, I think it's now open a couple myself. I'm I'm excited. I didn't want to do it on the show uh, uh, unless my mic would probably pick it up. So I'm about to crack it. <laughs> we'll do it next time. <laughs> That's right. Fine. We'll, we'll end the show, and then you scurry off and lock the door to your bathroom while you sit and hide in the bathtub opening some toys. <laughs> oh, you work that sprue. <laughs> All right. That's enough of this, everybody. Get the hell out of here. Play with your own toys, you perverts. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this. Salutations. It's me, Skeletor. Remember the exaltation you felt when you got me for the holidays? Well, feel that again with a new Honda CRV during Happy Honda Days. A rear-view camera comes standard, so you can look out for danger. I would love to watch you revel in euphoria, but now I must go and crush He-Man. <laughs> go, clumsy mortals! Get something you love at the Happy Honda Day sales event. <laughs> 